Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fanable.com Actual Play Podcast, where we are sitting down once again for a, um... Gosh, it's been a while. Um, is this something geeky, I think? Or? I feel like it is. But is it's a it? square. No. Squ- Geeks are squares. Oh, they right. are squares. No, yeah. We'll get around to it, guys. We'll oh, get around right. right. Okay. Yeah, well, let's table this conversation <laughs> until we figure it out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome <laughs> to Fanable.com Actual Play Podcast, where we are resurrecting from the dead the Geeky Topics Roundtable Discussions. Woo! Woo! Yeah, it's not resurrecting, really. We just kind of left it in a tower and forgot to feed it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not dead, just undead. It's 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 very wounded. <laughs> uh, so I am here. I'm David. Joined with me is uh, William, Angela, Daniel, and Jesus. Oh, I should be wearing the cans. You're yeah, absolutely you should. right. Which means I got to... Yeah. Oh, you look 90s cool. Oh, oh, especially with the headphones. Oh yeah. So uh, for listeners, David just reverse his hat. It's out backwards. Oh, we can put, we can, we can take a photo of this no, and no, tweet this it if you want. No, oh, someone's taking video. Yeah, no, no, no photo. There we oh, go. Oh, it's a photo. Ooh. There we go. You look so nice. 90s. You know what you look like? You look no, like one of those kids is... from Burger King. Like, remember the Burger King yes. like, kid pack? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay, yes. send that to me. Okay, so 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 which one of you is going to Photoshop in the other two Beastie Boys? Actually, all three. Beastie Boys, all three Beastie Boys. Aren't they like clones? Oh, you, all you people look the same to me. Yeah, it's true. Uh, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> on that note. Mm-hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, around the around the round table, and also listening, we've got some questions here, uh, primarily from listeners. Thank you very much, listeners, ahead of time. I'm going to be saying your names and thanking you profusely, but thank you very much for sending in your questions. We love your questions. Uh, we love your questions on Twitter. And on the face place. But these questions are specifically from our Patreon donors. Thank you very much. And that's why they are being featured on this program. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's listen to the train pass by. That's the sound of a train working in the rain. In Spain. Spain train. I like it. Spain. (laughs) Spain train. Is that, wait, wait, is that like Ozzy Osbourne's crazy stream? It's like, ah, hola! <laughs> it's the cultural uh, part of like, Ozzy's brother, cultural brother. <laughs> cultural Apples, bro- a lot of wine, bites the heads off of uh, French loaves. <laughs> the French Jose loaf. Osbourne? Jose yeah, Osbourne. Osbourne. Yeah. All right. Foreign exchange so, student. Let, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the first question comes from Jamis Enright. Thank you very much, Jamis Enright. And the question is... With much love, I have to ask, is it possible for Billy to play a character that doesn't talk 19 to the dozen? Is it possible for David to play a character that doesn't have an accent? 19 to the dozen? I've never heard that I term. I think that's a I love that, I think I mean, love that saying, It's though. charming yeah. as fuck. I've, I've tied it into three different conversations. <laughs> Not uh, accurately whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Um, so it means, like, can I play a character that... Uh, doesn't talk super fast. Mm. Well, okay, here's the reason I actually do that. Actually, I'm glad that you brought it up because I'm trying to actually not speak as quickly. I just caught myself right there. Mm. It's actually part of a speech impediment that I have uh, hmm. when i was a kid i had a stutter because i was born kind of deaf for about two months and that uh, i had a stutter when i spoke but when i spoke fast my stutter went away so what i learned is whenever i get nervous and i, I start to stutter i would immediately start speeding up uh and stop the stuttering but the problem is i would fly through speeches all the time and uh so when i'm doing improv or you know role playing is just a big role uh, role playing thing uh, 
I get nervous and I'm afraid I could feel the stutter start going and that's when I speed up. So it's actually is, uh, it's, it, it, it keeps me from stuttering, uh, but there are other techniques that I'm working on in order to keep me to, uh, not stutter and also speak at a slower pace. That's, uh, I, thank you for being honest. I, uh, honestly really wish you had brought that up. We just wrapped a, um, we just wrapped a, a fandible summit, uh, just now. One thing that I've always noticed is, uh, as a friend is that you do get frustrated when, when you, uh, get talked over and everybody does, but with, with the, the peanut gallery here, it can be especially frustrating. <laughs> Because knowing that, knowing, yeah. that well, like, yeah. Giant knowing that I wouldn't do it, these two would fucking do it. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's mostly it. frustrating is uh, if I can't get a word out, I will start feeling um, – I think a couple of days ago, like last week, we were trying to do it and I was stuttering over the names. And mm-hmm. you guys, oh, you can do it. I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> I know I can do it. I just – and I mean if I get in my head, yeah. I'll start stuttering. I've again. never seen you that upset and that's what made me wonder like no, uh, there's yeah, got to yeah, be something else going on. It's a speech on. impediment as a kid uh, mm-hmm. and it's, that's why uh, – I will either start stuttering or I'll go quicker uh, when I speak. So I, I'm trying to slow it down. But even when I slow it down, I can feel like my stutter start. And I'm like, ah, stop. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's something well, I'm working on. Thank so, you very much. No, yeah. It, it, it is something I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Thank you very yeah, much. Thank you, uh, Jameis, for uh, opening up those wounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our fanable fans, so, opening uh, up wounds. Excuse, David, for using <laughs> well, accent? But before we do that, before we do that, there's another person at the table who is actually since the inception tried very hard not to speak oh, so fast. Oh, for the love of God. <laughs> no, no. But this is genuine. I'm yeah, not trying yep. to shit on you. This is genuinely no. something that you've made great strides for. Yeah, definitely. Does anybody, I, I'm sorry. No, it's like, does anybody want to uh, go around and do the impression of Jesus <laughs> in the first oh couple yeah, of years? You know what? Go not, ahead. Go if, ahead. If go we ahead. did it for you, it would be really mean. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or Trump-like. Oh, that uh, is actually uh, cool. Yeah, but uh, since it's uh, – so, look, at, I'm not going to do it because I don't think it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When I, when I first started the podcast, I was super nervous about running – Running for games for anybody, actually. So I talked Especially really fast games. because I thought my ideas were shit. And if I talked really fast, maybe you wouldn't notice how shitty my ideas were. We didn't even know no. who you were. <laughs> it's, like, exactly. it's like, this guy just keeps coming in here. <laughs> well, more accurately, we just keep showing up at this guy's house. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, every time you open the door, I'm like, fuck, you need to make a game. Shit. <laughs> Uh, but over time, I, I was able to slow down my talking with. I got more comfortable with all of you and with the listeners at yeah, home. And, and, and we've long ago noticed that your ideas are shit, so it's okay. <laughs> you don't need to hide it anymore. Oh, God. Isn't the- it great to spend Saturday with friends? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like how Dan just solidified everything that people are saying about his last game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Straight up. I'm owning this. For those yeah. listening, owning we're talking about Changely, where apparently he fucked up the rules and everyone let him know. <laughs> he tried. Yeah. To, yeah, he tried to show feelings. Everyone responded with lasers. <laughs> Honestly, oh. the, we've ch- uh, the only thing changing and changeling is our opinion of Fanable as a podcast. Oh, oh. It's our, no, we'll we'll get to all of the open. Oh, ones. we'll my, get to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, my question is this, though: is a uh, follow up question to you? Uh, do you think that being a Spanish uh, speaker helped or or, or uh, informed that? Because as far as I can tell, the Spanish language is one that flows very quickly. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of very short. Uh, short words, not as many consonants. Mm-hmm. Um, they all, it's a beautiful language. It's constructed, mm-hmm. you know, to, to fit together perfectly. Mm-hmm. A lot of Spanish speakers that I've known speak very quick English. Do you think that that's, is that, am I off base? Honestly, in this case, not really. I tend to talk slow. Most cases, it's just, at least in the very beginning, especially for a podcast with people who I didn't know, I was just nervous. Mm. I, and I basically, when I'm nervous, I, tend to talk very fast like just yeah. going through the poems it's like okay when can I shut up now I'm gonna, I'll go through this information as quickly as possible okay I'm done I'm just gonna sit in the corner 
There we go. <laughs> Silence. Sweetness. <laughs> I would like to hear uh, next next time you do one of the outros, uh-huh. you know, if you like us, if you really like us, channel your inner Barry White. <laughs> oh, or Barry Manilow. <laughs> oh, you bet. Yeah, exactly. Hey, if you like Fandible, ba ba da ba So, so yeah, for, for me, for Ken David speak without an accent i absolutely can and in fact one of my favorite characters a character i'm very uh in love with uh tagos um uh didn't speak with an accent uh and that was a conscious choice because i wanted the character to inform the character i generally use accents when the character is going to be short-lived or when i think the character is going to be short-lived or i question the longevity of the game itself uh the even uh zap which is one of my favorite voices to do uh, is is based entirely on you know a Simpsons character or excuse me a Futurama, Futurama character yeah. so much uh, so that we had to change the name yeah exactly, which I actually like the 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 new name the new name is perfect yeah McGuffin uh, yeah I was very very happy with that but uh, it's it's a crutch that I lean on accents are a crutch that I lean on if I don't know where the character is coming from or going to but there's another t- uh, part of that in, in that I have always loved. Uh, accents and in fact the Australian accent that I did once for the Numenera game is the oldest accent I ever did I did it for a LARP character when I was 16 um, and uh, and uh, you know Irish, Russian uh, Polish to a certain extent that you know other Polish people will probably get um, but uh, but yeah I can speak uh, so 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 Tagos didn't have an accent uh Gray didn't have it. Uh, the, my character from Part Time Gods doesn't speak mm, with an accent, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and uh, you'll notice that those are both kind of like sad older characters. And that's because when I can replace an accent with actual experience, with a kind of honestly, with a sadness. If you like, my saddest characters don't speak with an accent because I feel like there's more story there, and I don't need that crutch. But then you get. David, we're playing a steampunk game where there are zombies. It's Victorian England, and I don't fucking know. And they're tight, tight, tight. There we are. Like, like, I don't know what to go. I don't know where to jump from. So, like, I'm gonna play Lucky the Hellfire Leprechaun. Yeah. In in your defense, in that regard, I didn't even know we'd keep running that game. That was supposed to be a one shot, and then people had fun. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah, I enjoy my accent in that game. Silence. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so it is possible. I try not, I, you know what? I'm the fuck that I am going to lean on it a lot. I am am a fucking strap in listeners because I love trying that stuff. Mm -hmm. We're an audio podcast. I want to, I've had Irish people tell me to do a good Irish accent. You have any idea how fucking great that felt Mm -hmm. where somebody didn't say like, well, you make me want to punch you in your stupid face. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's just every day for the rest of us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I always sound like you white people. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I cannot, or I can cease to do an, uh, an accent, but I, I like them because it helps me figure out a character on on the go, on the go. So, uh, uh, what do you guys think about my accents? Too much? They exist. Mm, plead the fifth. Oof! I like them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, next up. <clears throat> Is a question from Fairy Stale. And uh, before I get to this question, I want to uh, I want to thank uh, uh, Ms. or Mr. Mr. or, Mr. or he- uh, Hex Mex Max. What's the gender? I think, not- it's, I think it's Mix. Mix Mix. 
Um, uh, thanks, Fairy Stale, uh, for uh, sending us a copy of uh, Interface Zero, which is a which is a cyberpunk Savage Worlds game, and the fact that it's a you sent us a hard copy, and I love Ooh, actual books. Good, yeah. for, nice hardcover yeah. came in this lovely gift bag. Oh by the yeah, way. yeah. Yeah, so yeah. thank you so much. I'm I mean, gonna I'm going to read the ever loving shit yeah. out if, of that thing. If you were here, I would touch you, Fairy's Tale. Mm. Maybe not inappropriately, mm. but I would still mm. touch you. I feel like but that's also, a threat, not a thing. They, they, <laughs> they also sent us tanks. Yes, we were very oh, confused, yeah. but we played with the tanks and had a good time. Yeah, so yeah, thank no, you no, good times were had. Oh yeah, yeah true enough. exactly. So it was World of Tanks and uh, Cyberpunk. Tanks. So yeah, and if we and, and if I managed to run that uh, that Cyberpunk game. Um, can we use the tanks as minis? Can we play as tanks? Ooh, let's play as tanks. We're all AI well, tanks. It is cyberpunk. There would be interface AI zero. Tanks. No, will interface zero tanks will be personas at some point. Like you'll you'll jack into whatever matrix equivalent they have. It's like Power Rangers, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or tank maybe. Swords. But actually, now that you, who brought up the idea of sentient tanks? Was that AI yeah. tanks? Yeah. yeah, AI tanks. I like the idea of playing AI tanks. Like mm-hmm. you know, um, in uh, Ghost in the Machine. Uh, the two like weird yeah. spider creatures mm-hmm. that yep, are yep. yeah 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 yeah. So yeah, if you're into AI tanks, there's a uh, book series. <laughs> if, if you're if into AI tanks, <laughs> there is a, a yeah, there is a book series called Bolo about AI tanks in the future that fight for humanity. They think they can. They think they can. <laughs> and they dominate do. the region. <laughs> <laughs> you should read that. It's it's pretty awesome. All right, uh, in that. terms of games, um, John Sheldon, who everybody here enjoys as a game designer because he was one of the designers of Tabletop Blockbuster, mm-hmm. he is designing a game uh, where it's I think it's like diesel punk, oh. but you play as you play as tanks. Whoa! I, I don't think the tanks are actually personified. It's like you're a tank crew, maybe. Oh, I don't know, John. I know sometimes you listen to the podcast. Um, write in if I've totally butchered the representation mm-hmm. of because, your game because that's going to be a game we're going to play. But I know like he sometimes. brings it to um, Metatopia. Yeah, and cons mm. like that occasionally. He does playtesting on G+. Hmm. That's that's awesome. And you said Bolo, Jesus? Bolo. B-O-L-O. So uh, bombardments only land once. Bolo! So yes. what fairy tale? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll say that in something you would understand. So <laughs> what did fairy tales say? Let me tell you. What did fairy tales say? Wow. What did fairy tales say? Suckers, I'm in a union. You back up with your accents. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, fairy tales says... Mm. Uh, my current Unhallowed Metropolis game that I'm running has a romance between a mourner and a vampire with all of the crazy, excuse me, with all of the weird, crazy stalkerish stuff that that involves. So just oh, a, I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, who's stalking who in that? Yeah. That's the yeah. problem. Yep. I mean, that's that's why it's an ongoing love affair. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine. Uh, so do they, do they know that it's like reciprocal? Like, what if they're they are each trying to be a creepy stalker yeah, and they don't asking, realize the he, other one? It this is the stuff the of Penny Dreadfuls. Yeah, he's think, asking us questions. No, we've got questions. Yeah. For you. <laughs> Very stale. Yeah. We need to know more. Yeah, exactly. Please write in uh, in old parchment in elegant handwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, you have our address clearly. So. Please write in yeah. tanks. Rapid around is that his new like flaming arrow through the uh, through the window? Fairy Stale speaks only in the universal language of tanks. (laughs) So 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 there's a romance. Yeah, so So there's a romance. Uh, Stalkerish, uh, all the crazy stalkerish stuff that it involves. So just a question: any advice on role playing between NPC and PC? Hmm. Now that's interesting. First off, uh, 
we failed this initially. Me and David were talking about him and Adele, where we kissed after the game for several hours. Didn't really work out. <laughs> nope. No, so we tried something different. No, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it didn't work out for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of us, but oh, it, we enjoyed. It, it worked. worked. <laughs> Trust <laughs> us, it worked. The game may still be going, but we finished. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. um, so finished I, so let me see so so when have we had an npc date or have a romantic uh interest in a pc so there's adele and marcus yep, yep. there is uh amelia, amelia, Adelanda and marcus amelia, uh, amelia and, and byron, are byron. Actually married yep um but outside of um outside of the world of unhallowed metropolis um, which is kind of it, it's baked in the kind of gothic romance setting. Yeah. Um, I really don't think that shattered we... reflections. My character was in love with. Uh, uh, you had a crush. I had a crush. Yeah. It wasn't a love. You're right. It was a crush. Oh wait, wait. Uh, my NPC and your EMT are dating. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it, yeah, it's, yeah, complicated. yeah, yeah. it's complicated. It's yeah. complicated. I don't like using. But labels. like, we had like probably one of the most well received like yeah. first yeah. dates. Yeah scenes in yeah. all of our games yeah everybody loved that and um, then um i will say the one time like we don't use the x card mechanic here at fanable but the one time i think it would have been used was when i was flirting with dan and bubble gumshoe <laughs> oh, yeah. my npc was flirting with you you just reached a point where it's like i i'm i'm kind of done because <laughs> <laughs> yep. it was like i think she was asking you out to the dance yeah yeah and in that like 13 year old girl way she was like just gushing and like oh my god oh my god oh my god and you're like angela please I stop think one, <laughs> i think at one point you're like uh you're like sorry i've been hanging out with those guys they're they're bad and she's like oh so you're a bad boy and you're like, <laughs> like i'm done now i'm done now I, there yeah. was that one time during monster hearts where i had sex with angela's mother oh that's right that well, was fun <laughs> now there's a sound bite for you um uh, okay so just there's the question so how do you deal with it yeah so how do you deal with it i think that it, it, it's tricky uh i i would say if you know your players well you'll have an idea of who will be receptive towards uh, romance. Mm-hmm. I myself am not, and I've made that very clear to you guys. Like, I generally don't like romance sidelines or mm-hmm. side stories for me. Um, and I, I, I would say, having interacted with that that, that romance uh, storyline with uh, Jesus uh, and with Billy as a storyteller, um, I think that if you keep it light, mm-hmm. if you give the opt out option mm-hmm. of just passing it off as a joke or there's low stakes. That would be that would that that would be that would be preferable, and the player can choose to uh, to to engage in it uh, if if they want. I would I would hazard, I guess. Um, I would say if you're a PC or NPC, I'll, you know, whatever a, a, a player character or a storyteller, always be honest with with people at the table. Like, eh, I don't really want to do this. There's no shame in that. Yeah. You don't always have to use the official words of like, I'm uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. no, fucking like, dude, I don't want to do this. I want to hunt vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, uh, at the at, at the same time, um, if uh, you know, put it in put it in uh, terms that uh, allow people to edge out and back out if they if they're not interested. Yeah. I think the main the main thing is definitely communication. You need to know you need to know your players, and the players need to know you. Mm-hmm. And there needs to be a trust that you're not going to mm-hmm. make this weird or creepier. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm actually one of those people that really enjoy romance. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my stories, I love it. Uh, you know, Han and Leia, I love it. <laughs> Whenever there's a ship that's possible, I will ship them in my head and I will, you know, I, I don't go on the forums, but 
I, I'm, I usually have a person that I would rather uh, a couple uh, a couple that I want to get together, <laughs> Simmons and Fitz. Um, <laughs> I, I get that way. So I love a good romance. I think it's just I think another thing is um, definitely communicate, but also just I think uh, David touched on it. Keep it light. Yeah. Like when Byron, uh, I think Byron and Amelia's had some really serious conversations. They mm-hmm. said, "I loved you." Um, we had, but that's like a we had minute. that one night together. Yeah. Do you well, remember it? It was wonderful. <laughs> but it is really we keep those like really mushy scenes. Yep. No more than a minute. I don't yes. think. Maybe well, two. And then we move on. It didn't start at that level. Certainly, it right. was it, it the initial time, relationship yeah. was very bantery. She kicked yeah. you in the balls, Rich. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I think it's it's just important to know that you know keep it to keep it light. Keep it. You just touch on it if. Uh, and then fade to black. And it's okay to say, like, okay, and that's a fade to black. You know what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know? And everybody has an uncomfortable laugh around well, the Well, it table. doesn't even have to be that. Like, it, yeah. it doesn't have to be fade to black because they've gone to the bedroom. It's just like, all right, they're going to go out on a date. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 yeah. The story's going to yeah, pick yeah, up. They don't even have to play the date. It's like, yeah, yeah. Fade to black on them yep. going and, on the and date. Okay for, like, the date and good, it's okay or... for, like, the, 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 the storyteller or the PC to take over the, the scene at some point. If you if it's going to get to the point, it's like, okay, clearly they're going to kiss. It's okay for the PC or the storyteller to take charge and say, oh, yeah, you wrap your arms around her, you pull her in for the kiss, and you stare longly in your mm-hmm. arms. It's not – you shouldn't make it an interactive moment. It's like, okay, she pulls you in, she kisses you, and then you say like, oh, roll my lips. lips. <laughs> yeah, my lips are very soft. How's her lips? Like, don't make that – that gets uncomfortable for everybody around yep. the table. Yep. But it's okay to basically – Don't spend – yeah, don't spend three hours describing the sex scene. Yeah, it, it just – you know, uh, yeah, the devil's in the details. <laughs> the devil's in the details, and sometimes the devil should be left yeah. uh, down <laughs> yes. below. Yep. Every section just say everyone will know and just move on. I also like the idea it's like, oh, and you fade to black, but this is on Hell Metropolis and the lights have gone out and the attack starts. You hear a moaning in the distance. Oh, you thought it was sex moaning. It's zombies. <laughs> but also sex moaning. Someone's having sex with zombies. Okay, listen. What do, I feel like? <laughs> what do I feel like? There's a there's a romance and, and like carnal interest supplement for Unhallowed. Honestly, it would make sense. Like your lover is suddenly a zombie, but well, she's still fine. Oh. <laughs> no, there is actually legitimately a write-up necrophilia. about necrophilia. Yep. necrophilia. Like, yep. It is a disease. It's a degeneration, I think. It, it would make sense. I mean, in a world where full of zombies, there's some people who would be like, yeah, I'm into that. It's, what they say <laughs> is it's ex- the excitement of um, the danger of it all. Yeah, except like, would you get infected if you, you know, no, do no, a zombie? It's the it's, it has to be the vibe. Zombies. Well, I think it's, uh, you know, even if you get bit by a zombie, it doesn't turn you immediately. Like, you have to take a lot of damage in order to get What if you're bit on your dude? Oh, yeah, well, let's Well, that's on you for I, wanting I, a blowjob from yeah, a zombie. I'm assuming that you made Don't a really me. bad choice. <laughs> that was like... Don't bite me. It's like, it's not even a vampire. You can't even negotiate yeah. at that point. Like, it's going to bite. It's, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that was Okay, good. thanks, <laughs> thanks, Lotharios. I'll keep that fucking in mind. Yeah. Well, thanks, Fairy Stan. Zombie love. Let's talk about the tanks again. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, I, I guess I guess it's really about keeping it light. Mm-hmm. Keeping it light, much like this conversation about blowjobs from undead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next question is from Christopher Durback. I kind of want to say Durback. Durback. Sunday, Sunday, and Saturday. Let's get ready to. Okay. So Christopher asks, 
What is your take on the super lore heavy games such as Le- Legend of the Five Rings? Oh, that's the that's the game we heard of. I bet, that yeah. guy, I bet he was him who recommended Legends of the Five Rings. <laughs> it's possible. Yep. I mean, I've never played him. I don't think anyone here at the table has actually played Legends. No, yeah. I played it. I've oh, you played have? Yeah, we've, played, we've actually played it. Actually, uh, we have not played it. No, we have played it with the old, old oh, group. With the old group, I played the monk. Yes, the yes, monk. yeah, that yes. game sucks. I know. No, <laughs> <laughs> No, the, that game was all right. Yeah, no, that game was fun. It was, uh, but it, it was, was su- like old it was, school. yeah, it was old school. Super, like the the person who ran it was very super into like Japanese history and everything, and it showed. Well, in the I game. mean, he lived in Japan. For well, a while, yes, so like you yes. have to take his word for it, and that's the best part. Is like it when you run a game that takes place in another culture, um, in a culture outside the one you know, currently, whatever. Um, um, uh, so the storyteller had lived in Japan, married a Japanese woman. Um, spoke fluent Japanese whole mm-hmm. nine yards. Uh, so you, you didn't have as much, you had to take it seriously. And that actually kind of helped with the role playing, like mm-hmm. focus on the storytelling. Um, because you couldn't make shitty, like, you know, fucking like 1980s turning Japanese yep. jokes. Uh, you had to, you we had tried, to, like, we tried. Mickey Rooney? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will play Dick, Mickey Rooney now. What the hell was that accent? That, that, was, that, that was Mickey Rooney is. Fucking Putin. Yeah. <laughs> that was Putin in an Irishman. I yeah. am Japanese. <laughs> Do you like it, American? <laughs> now watch me as I trot. Go, Trump. Start. <laughs> He's our president. <laughs> Putin is not our president, technically. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Putin shirtless riding a bear, however, is our president. Uh-huh. Exactly. I can say no. Yeah. Uh, that's, our, that's our fucking... Uh, God Emperor? Yeah. <laughs> Is there a Voltron? Yep. There's, there's a bowl there. Oh, well, there's yeah. a bowl. That's why. I'm stuck in a bowl. Yep. Um, so, anyways, the super lore heavy games. Now, we don't know about Legends, uh, but we do play super lore heavy games. Mm. Holy shit. So, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I I run a little game called Shadowrun, <laughs> no, which wait, basically... You're the one that all those people were asking <laughs> yeah. part of the I game mean, from? I, I run it once every two years. <laughs> Yes. Do people realize it's you running that game? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, wait, the fucking guy who butchers the I Irish. I thought that was accent. Kevin Smith's game. Yeah. 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 Like, that we haven't posted the yet. Is that? Yeah. No. Yeah, we haven't pl- we haven't posted the our games with Kevin Smith. I'm sure we'll post them eventually. Eventually, right? yes. okay. eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Is he gonna? Oh wait, no, he couldn't come tonight. Uh, but he's gonna no, be no. okay. He's tomorrow. making Clerks Five though. A clerking. Oh, oh, the yeah. clerking. <laughs> yeah, clerking. of course. Is it Star Flurman? Come on, the main character stories. Come on. Um. So. Uh, so, so heavy uh, for heavy narrative games or for heavy lore games, uh, Shadowrun is pretty up there because it combines both super lore heavy uh, fantasy and super lore heavy cyberpunk. And cyberpunk is such a fucking lore heavy nonsense. Mm. And then they con- they combined them and made their own world. Uh, my recommendation for running those games is I just want to make sure I'm not going to murder Chris's question. Um, What's your take on? Oh, my take on it. It's <laughs> it's it's difficult as shit, <laughs> and I cannot implore you enough. If you are running one of those games for players, just period. Choice is the enemy of the storyteller. Hmm. Do not, I repeat, do not let them pick their own fucking characters. <laughs> if it is the more lore heavy it gets, the more you should just assign characters because 
you as the storyteller will have an idea of what both the story is going to be, which only you know about because it's only in your head because you're a crazy person. Mm -hmm. And you will be able to create characters that will fit into that storyline, but also be able to fit into the larger lore heavy world that you are throwing them headfirst into. That is super, super important. My take on it is you should be sparing, honestly. Like, I love Shadowrun and shit, but like, man, I run some of those games and like, I, I like get home at like 1 a.m. and I just kind of look in the mirror and I'm like, what the fuck did you do with your Saturday <laughs> afternoon? Like, man. What are you, you doing with your life? You could have yeah. been running Fiasco. You don't need shit for that. <laughs> Yeah, um, I honestly, when I am when I am running a game, I almost universally ignore the lore. Mm-hmm. Um, for the the games that I run, um, like Hollow Earth has a fair amount of lore. There's a whole meta plot that I didn't realize existed until I got to the Revelations of Mars book, and I was like, "Oh, this adventure connects to all the pregens from the other books. I get it now." Yeah, I don't care, <laughs> uh, especially because very often I'm running uh, fit, like kind of fish out of water stories, like very purposefully. Um, Put that next to you, not on the table. Oh, sorry. No problem. <laughs> uh, I, I run fish out of water stories, so it makes sense that you guys don't know all the the lore, and I'm like excellent because i don't give a shit about it i want to know i want to have um clean mechanics that are easy to get into i want to have interesting character classes and i'm gonna take it from there mm-hmm. um in in hex like i i ignore a bunch of the existing lore the, <laughs> yeah that doesn't exist um i, I changed up the amazons because it's mildly sexist and uh just went from there in in end of the world there's there's lore for all of those apocalypses like the train Running Passing off the tracks. Train apocalypse. Train apocalypse. Come on, Raddick. That's Woo-hoo. the sound of lore. To the end. <laughs> uh, and some of that is ignored just because that's the convention of the game. Like, there's a lot of details there for if you're going to run it longer term, or even if, um, like, I think they kind of suggest that like, you do time jumps in the game so that you can get through more of the apocalypse. Whereas with you guys, it's like, no, you've got about 24 hours of apocalypse. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Charitable. And then we're going to end this. Yeah, yeah we, we kill a lot of time getting <laughs> drunk and high in that game. We got about a solid four hours of apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. And that's more than enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, my, it's like, the, the the designers that, that put all this work into creating these really intricate worlds, God bless them. I'm sorry. It's wasted on me. Yeah. I, I think – you know, I, I love reading lore. It's like one of my favorite things in every book. Uh, like Vampire the Masquerade filled with lore and I read every bit of it. I got really into that and, and that's what kind of, I, I tend to happen. I get into something and I'll read it. I've gone through Hex. I got really into that in lore. Um, but – Use it sparingly. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to use – it's all about finding and making up your own thing. You don't need to stick to lore. But it's cool to be able to grab stuff and kind of throw it out there and just say, yeah, this is a very interesting uh, thing that happens. Uh, but don't bog people down with too much lore because this is a game. This is a story that the character should feel mm-hmm. is about them, not about the world itself. Yeah. So that's that would be the one thing I would say about lore is I love it. I think it's one of the best things about uh, games. Uh, but – yeah, that's, that's the dog. Okay, yeah. sorry. Go on. No, she's she's still going. She's still going. But I think I think you need to use it very yeah. sparingly, and you definitely cannot allow the lore to restrict the fun role playing. Like mm. for example, uh, I know you guys thought I would stick. 100% to Warhammer 40k lore oh, when I was playing that game, oh. but I twisted and turned that cannon left and right because to make a fun game for all of you. I actually think. Yeah. 
I actually think it's okay to stick the lore and have it kind not restrict the fun, mm-hmm. but I think there are certain just just ask yourself. Train. Lore. <laughs> just ask yourself if the lore is worth the fight. Like some, I remember one time when we did a. Uh, we just we we're talking about this. The female space yes. space marine, and someone wrote in saying that um, uh, if you're going to take a key cornerstone of the forty uh, Warhammer forty k universe, you shouldn't like and and transform it. You shouldn't just play. We shouldn't play Warhammer forty k. And I looked at. I was confused because it's like, do you really think that uh, a female spa- uh, a, a a single female space marine actually surviving and being incubated and actually making it to adulthood? ruins the entire universe that's stunning to me that that's like a cornerstone of also what you think. god damn i'm powerful <laughs> yeah yeah so i, I brought yeah. down the imaginations of thousands of man <laughs> yeah, boys so I, <laughs> I i think i think you it's okay to have a restriction with lore you just have to ask yourself if it's important enough to fight for yeah it. you have to like, realize what is vital to the lore yeah. what makes the lore what makes the universe the universe like, i wouldn't say the female space would make change the universe no, i would say would. if you suddenly removed the grim dark and made it like happiness and ponies that would significantly change the universe but uh, another example i would say is like some people play for like star wars they play they, they play stuff like you know i want to be a jedi but i want to be able to use dark side powers as well i'm a gray jedi and i i can use both sides because there's and it's like yes they explored this in the extended universe but deep down inside it always goes back to no there's a dark side there's a light side you can't really double dip mm-hmm. and some people are like oh, i'd rather just ignore that it's like well then what the fuck are you playing mm-hmm. i mean like the force is all about good and evil if you just say like oh no it's just kind of a choice it's like well it takes away the idea of like, the danger of the dark side yeah. Yeah. so that's that's when yeah. i'm a little bit more like you have to respect lore but some of the lore some of the little infinitesimal stuff is who gives a flying <laughs> fuck and forget and use something yourself if you think of something more creative but just know what's important to the universe and what isn't mm-hmm. yeah because i think there's a difference between lore and themes mm-hmm. star wars explores the theme of dark and light good and evil you know like this binary and that is supported in the lore by things like the light and dark side of the force so yeah exactly yeah. know your theme and know what so the theme of, of of warhammer is there is only war you know death blood war it's terrible female what? space marines don't negate that yeah mm-hmm. One word for you, Drist. <laughs> oh my that's god, that's all I got for you. There. So, right. so, so, also so when, when we play me. when we play Legend of the Five Rings, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, big, you know, bring it back to to to, to Mr. Durbuck's question. Mm-hmm. Uh, super lore heavy, you know, big on the Japanese uh, mythology. Uh, my favorite scene from that was the time that uh, we had a female Earth Mage, and uh, one of the things to use your earth powers is you have to be in contact with the earth she got trapped on a bridge fighting some water monsters so she couldn't use any of her magic uh, then a train uh, just just <laughs> on the bridge. smashed the bridge yeah. uh, she couldn't use any of her magic uh so and she had no weapons because she was an earth mage she didn't need any weapons she proceeded to roll about five twenties in a row and beat the crap out of these fish monsters with a hand fan <laughs> it was epic <laughs> the point is when we play i'm playing an, an irish uh, samurai <laughs> so, so you're Tom Cruise. Yeah. Oh goodness. Go. So so uh, to to jump in with one last thought on this, um, the mo- I think personally the more accessible the lore is for your players, you have to make a choice as a storyteller 
to change it up and do not warn them. Like, I mean, warn them if it's obvious, like, you know, fucking, uh, like, oh, a dragon Down is, is now up. Yeah, yes. down is now up. A dragon is president. Uh, your representative is a boggin. Stuff mm. like that. But Wait, why are you just talking about the real world? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people, this just happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, if it's really accessible, so for instance, vampire, a lot of us have read vampire. Uh, if it's super accessible, it might be uh, accessible, it might be boring. And people will act... Even if the best role players will meta role play with information that they've known from reading the books, mm-hmm. change it up. 100% change it up. Um, and, and don't be afraid to do that. The more you master the lore, the more you're allowed to discard it. Um, the danger so long comes as, in. as it's not something that's going to fundamentally change how they made their character. Precisely. Mm-hmm. But therein lies the trick is that you need to know the lore before you discard it because the worst thing i think personally the one of the worst things that can happen is that a glaring omission from the storyteller can be brought up and caught by one of the players you never want to know less of a story than your players so you need to know the lore before you decide what to cut mm-hmm. exactly because there are some times when we're fa- when we've been we've been facing obstacles and one of us says like oh it's this and then the other and then some players say like actually this is what it says in the book and so yeah. so mm-hmm. know the lore and make a conscious effort to cut it. Don't go into something with a uh, with a ig- an ignorance on an enemy or, or yeah, a setting. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, so 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 that so that would be my uh... yeah. It's fine for the 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 character to be wrong, mm-hmm. but the player shouldn't be necessarily caught off guard. Yeah. I mean, it's when it's like, oh, the you know the lore says that this is the bad guy. Actually, no, he's the good guy. That's fine. That's a story level. But it's like, no, the lore says that this power allows me to tap into the changeling realm. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, there's no there's no fairies in this game. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. no changeling realm in so, this game. Yeah. So that my power doesn't exist. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you you don't want that to, don't want that to happen. That'd be our hot takes. Huh. Uh, so thank you very much, Christopher Durbar. Next is a question from Adam Bueller. 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 Train Bueller. 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 Donku Shane with darling Donku Train. Bueller. Next is a question from Adam Bueller. We're keeping that in. Yeah, we're keeping that in. No, no. How is working on Fandible affecting your relationship with gaming? Hate it. Without the it's podcast, a job. Oh, this gets good. <laughs> How has working on Fandible affected your relationship with gaming? Without the podcast, do you think you would play less, play something different, pursue a different type of gaming, e.g. board or video games? How has all the fame affected the way you do? <laughs> Let me get there. The question. I saw this and I highlighted it. I was like, I this, yeah, Adam, uh, I'm going to send you a box of chocolates. <laughs> How has all this fame affected the way that you view the hobby and your fellow gamers? Now, that's actually a good question. Is, how it affects my view uh, has been, uh, 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 well, uh, I am kind of a dick. Uh, <laughs> what? And I haven't really gotten better. Uh, long story short, um, let's, let's, let's start from the top. Like a dick. Um, so, so let's break this down. This is a really good in-depth question. I appreciate that. Question. But <laughs> how uh, how is working on Fanable affected your relationship with gaming? Uh, I would say my relationship with gaming is much more uh, in-depth. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that uh, I would say that I think about it a lot more critically now than I do. And I was a rules lawyer before, but that was really for my own part. And now I'm a rules lawyer. 
kind of in an academic sense. <laughs> like, I want to see the cracks around the edges. I want to see where they're stitching. You've never noticed. That comes yeah. Up. yeah. Especially with the experience with so many different games and how they do things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, so without the podcast, so, so, well, open it up to the table. Number one, how has this podcast affected your relationship with gaming? Um, I think it's made it. Uh, it made, it's it's made me uh, look at gaming a little bit more critically than I, I used to, um, because uh, the community is built with a, a lot of different types of people and a, a lot of different perspectives. I used to be a little bit of those people who would use social justice warrior as kind of a dismissive thing of you know what you, you're taking life too seriously, but you know it, it, just getting to know a lot of different perspectives in the gaming community has showed me that you know gaming gaming is an important function that people they 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 like to kind of interchange i feel sometimes of how important it is like people always talk about how gaming and video games are art but the moment that you start criticizing it they say like oh you're taking it too seriously so it's actually changed my view of how i would consider gaming video gaming as an art form because i used to always be defending it's like no it is absolutely an art form but i actually am getting to the point in my life where i don't feel like video games or gaming itself is an art form because the community around it the majority of the community isn't mature enough to uh, accept criticism over their their desired hobby and without that maturity it's not it shouldn't be called art Mm. it's a different perspective Mm. i want to get it to be considered art but when people do these crazy things back in the day with like, you know, painting and sculpting, you know, they were burned at the stake. That And eventually we've grown to an art community where, yeah, people can do some pretty wild stuff. Hey, this is shit smeared on a canvas, but it shows my inner soul. And people will say like, well, that really smells and I hate it. But you know what? I res- okay, you do you. With gaming, I feel the community hasn't gotten to that point where we're willing to allow someone to experiment and look at um, – look at a different perspective on uh, an atmosphere, a setting, a situation, a character. And so, I, you know, it, it, I don't mean to sound negatively. I just used to view it a, a lot more simpler of games are great. Yes, games are fun. But now that I've played it so many games and met so many different people, I view it games are a little bit more serious um, and can be serious and should be taken more serious. But I don't feel that the community is consistent with that seriousness they either want to claim that it's incredibly important or it's not a big deal let something stupid fly by Hmm. i i I think i made sense there Mm -hmm. like i said i love gaming it's so important to me but sometimes when people Mm -hmm. claim that it's an art form i say like i don't think we're mature enough to consider it one Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um for me i had no contact with the gaming community really until we started doing this podcast because um, I had my small group at the end of high school, and then I had my group with Billy in college, and like we didn't really do conventions, uh, so it was just my same group of friends every week that I would play with. And you know, we'd talk about the games, but there I no concept of a greater community. So um, the podcast has been the way that I've I've started talking about games. Uh, sometimes critically, the way Billy was talking about um, it's now I'm discovering you know that there's just so much variety within types of games that we play uh you know before this had been like i play a lot of vampire that's all i know and now you know we play dozens of games in a year so the the podcast has been great at at opening the the possibilities of what gaming can be Mm. agreed for me like i've been i've been gaming since i first learned 
to read. You met Gygax, didn't you? Uh, being, you no, like, no, seriously. Back in the day, no, back in the day when I first learned to read uh, with, you know, my, with a role-playing game book, this was back in the days when uh, when I, written language was first invented. Uh, that <laughs> game, of course, was Caveman from Another Tribe, uh, <laughs> an RPG, where you would pretend to be a caveman from another tribe. It was very in-depth. Um but the first, the first cyberpunk game was like, so he makes the wheel. Whoa! Yeah, yeah no, it was pretty insane. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I've been doing this my whole life. I've, uh, so I've been with you guys for the past six, six years. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, during that time, not a lot has changed in my, in the way I view games. Uh, but more has changed in the way that I see how people relate to games hmm. uh, in the sense that that level of sort of dedication to to a hobby, you know, because at the end of the day, until until our Patreon subscribers really start uh, adding up more, <laughs> this is just mainly a hobby. Uh, but but we do have that dedication and the way that we've we've kept going around it, we've devoted a good chunk of our lives to it and we've created some really deep friendships through it. You shut up, phone. Mm-hmm. Um Really, like that's that's really what's come through for me. Because before it was always like, all right, well, I've I've played at cons, I've played you know short one shot games at, at different uh, things, but it wasn't until now that I've had this experience where like, no, I've got this group of friends and 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 a gaming group that you know we're always uh, getting together and actually this is what we do, you know, this mm-hmm. is what we hang out and, and do, and uh, yeah, I think I think that's the main thing that that's changed for me mm-hmm. on that. <clears throat> Sorry, something in my throat. Well, for me personally, like I, before the podcast, I played role playing games sparingly. I, every once in a while, we played with the group me and David played with, and before that, I played a game or two in college. And there's a cat going into a room in a corner somewhere. Mm. Yeah, but but I did know I knew deep down I enjoyed playing the games. I didn't know why until I started. Uh, we started with Fanable, oh, and I wow. realized that I love storytelling. I love telling these stories. It was because of the podcast and the game that I started writing more. That I eventually want to write a huge short story, maybe a book one day. It's through through gaming I discovered I like I want to write a book. I, before the podcast, I never would have wanted to do that, but now I know that's something I definitely want to do. It's going to happen, maybe. <laughs> you want to do the thing that makes other people talk, but it's your voice, and they can shut the hell up. Yes, <laughs> yes. But so, so basically, continuing with Fanable, all this gaming has made me realize I love out of everything involved with gaming. Game creation is fun, but. The storytelling, the creation of the characters, and this overall story just fascinates me. I like it. Yeah. So, so I'm assuming if we didn't have Fandible, we would all play less. Is that a fair well, yeah. assessment? I, I might be doing more online. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I yeah. loved. I, I used to do a lot of MMO uh, role RPGs like Star Wars Galaxy, City of Heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did Star Wars: The Old Republic recently. Yep. That was fun. I would probably find a game and just role play and get mm. really addicted into that until my wife set threatened to like. You know, oh, you'd still be married in this? Okay, uh, cool. yeah, no, it's, well, it's a fantasy, not for long, yeah. not for long. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, I'd probably, I'd probably throw a lot more time in that. I think this is a lot more productive. Yes, and not saying that people can't be productive and play those games. I still play those games. I just feel that uh, when you're doing. When you're with a group like this, and 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 not even just role playing, when we channel it and actually learning skills such as learning how to run a website, learning how to uh, use WordPress, doing social media, writing blogs, editing, learning editing software, learning how to make video games, mm-hmm. this has kind of opened uh, up. Uh, 
kind of a, gave us a, an avenue to learn. If I was still playing MMO RPGs, I would be learning how to do dialogue and still doing the same story, but I wouldn't have learned some of the technological things that I could uh, that I have been using because of uh, a fanable, and it ha- wouldn't make and my resume wouldn't look as good mm-hmm. as it does today. Mm. Yeah, and even if like say that it was still this group playing, we just weren't recording every week. Uh, honestly, it's that recording aspect that I think keeps us on such a regular schedule. Mm-hmm. If it was just five friends getting together to play because it's fun, I think there'd be a lot more weeks where it's like, nope, guys, totally not feeling it. Let's mm-hmm. get together next week. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, even if it was still us, you know, if it was fandable without the podcast, we'd play regularly, but not weekly the mm-hmm. way we do now. Because like we have a we have a responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. We have we have jobs. We have, we have fans. fans. Oh god! Like we just did. Uh, you know, we had our our fan to summit earlier today, and we we put a, a survey out there to get feedback from fans. And uh, I was uh, we were all a little bit like, oh wow, this this many people responded. That's that means that many at least that many people <laughs> actually listen to the pot. What? I think one person responded thirty times. Mm-hmm. David. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> David's the sexiest one out there, but why does he use an accent? Yeah. <laughs> so David, when you're you praising yourself, that? you're criticizing yourself? Uh, bless you. Clever. Yes, mother. <laughs> <laughs> Raise <you>. Catholic. <laughs> bless there we go. Die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I live with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 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 yeah, we would definitely play, I think I, many of us would play less in the form that we have it now. Um, and as for pursuing different gaming, I, I mean, I don't think I would be like part of a chess club or something. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think, Jesus, you're the closest because you've actually uh, got involved in improv classes. Yes. So I feel like you have the most... Uh, Honestly, I, the only reason I got into improv classes is because of role-playing. Like, I've role-played so much, I'm like, fuck, it's probably the same thing. Let's see what happens. I wish that were true the other way around. <laughs> I've met role, uh, I've met improvers, and I've precious few of them actually know what role-playing is. Oh. Yeah, so. And it's a, such a great uh, it, it, it's great practice, honestly. It's yeah. one of the best things you can do as an improver, just to learn how to role Yes, play. definitely. At least like, fiasco. Well, yeah, yeah at least, Story, I mean, like, not like, I guess you can do uh, dungeon and math and, and all that calculation and stuff, mm-hmm. but just during a good story game to practice, it's just an easy thing to yes, do definitely. and fun. Yeah, like, like going to improv, like that first class, I'm like, wow, this is what I've been doing for six years. This is great. <laughs> and everyone else is like, oh, wow, this is so, so interesting. It's fun. Yeah. I'm awesome. So, so Dan, <laughs> Dan, you would be playing probably a lot more MUDs. Probably. Probably. That was like, that's why you cut your teeth on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. For I cut my teeth with, with rocks. Oh no, yeah, that's back yeah, in the day. Of course, so. yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, That's when you leveled up. Yeah. yeah, but when you upgraded to branches, that's when the real stuff yeah, happened. Yeah. So, so the next, oh, we can pause for one second because I definitely want Angela to be here okay. for this. No, no, you don't have to hurry. It's we it's all goes into the editing. Yeah, the editing song. Boom. All right. So the biggest question we have here is, and I want everybody to think about this before we go around the table. I'm going to read it verbatim. How has all this fame <laughs> affected the way you view the hobby and your fellow gamers? And without without irony, without shittiness, I want to genuinely thank, like, like uh, Adam is asking this. Uh, all the other questions are in earnest. Maybe this one is sarcastic, but, like, the even idea that someone considers us famous is actually very flattering and very sweet thank mm-hmm. you very much this is very true thank I'm you very, very thank much you so for much. listening thank you everyone for listening we've been doing this for you know over half a decade mm-hmm. we are humbled by this question thank we you. Uh, we mock ourselves in order to kind of like 
you know, deal with the idea that people are listening to us. Because um, at the end of the day, we're on live mics. But uh, yeah, so how has all of this fame, or just being part of this podcast, uh, affected your view of the hobby and your fellow gamers? Ooh, that last part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your fellow yeah, gamers. The fact that people enjoy our content, like like enjoy our stories, is a, admittedly a huge morale boost, at least yeah. personally for me. Like, thank you very much for thinking that my story Here's the thank you train. <laughs> thank you train! Train out! <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Thank you so much for making me feel like my life is worth it. And that's my story. Oh, God, I'm going to cry. No, I'm not, seriously. But thank you very much. Um, but overall, oh yes, it's awesome. Gone, no, I was going to say, so, I mean, about a year or two ago, we went to a con and mm-hmm. we were recognized by a fan. And he comes up to us and he's like, are you guys fanable? And... And we looked back at him and we went, well, first of all, how dare you? <laughs> and, uh, but no, it, it really was, I think that was the, to me the first time. I mean, was intellectually. That Matt, I think no, I think it was Sean. Sean. I remember Sean. poking him because I didn't think he was real. Yeah, no, straight up. Like we, like up until then, intellectually, like we yeah. knew somebody was downloading our stuff and somebody was <laughs> typing things into comment fields. Yeah. But we it, it could have been, personally. it could have been bots. Yeah. It could have been bots. <laughs> Frankly, people, a lot of your comments were, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we actually, yeah, I, I had a theory. I, yeah. We had a bed gone that was all your mom. Yeah. Just, just, just Billy's mom. Handable.com. Yeah. <laughs> we had a bed going. It was all your mom. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that was like the first time that it really hit us. Like, wow, real people. And he, and he was straight up, like, he was so appreciative of what we did. He, he was so thankful that we gave him sort of this outlet, this, mm-hmm. this bit of entertainment. From his day to day job and day to day things, and and I really felt humbled. I mm-hmm. felt like, wow, okay, what we're doing here isn't just us having fun. We're making a difference for some people. <laughs> we're making, we're doing silly voices into into mics and some and, and, of us silly sillier than others, David. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and so many dick jokes, yeah. and and we're making somebody's life better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least at least one person's yep. out of the couple hun- other hundred that apparently download our stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, pers- and, uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> which is just mostly Billy's mom. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm certain we're not making a difference in Billy's mom's life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Which her Billy's mom has got to go on, love, so it works I out. I love how the assumption she's downloading us hundreds of times, like per week. Like, does yeah. she, she think does that not know it... how to use? Our <laughs> no, I yeah, it's not even on it. purpose. She she's honestly trying to listen to us, and she just keeps like, "How does this work?" How does... Yeah. Billy, I love the idea that Billy's mom goes down into the basement, turns on a light, and there's just rows of servers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> containing fandible games. Uh, this is. This is why it's good that Billy's mom does not actually listen to our show because here we are ragging on her. Hi, Leona. Hey, mom. I love yeah, you. It's amazing. Uh, um, you go on. Okay, I'm going to start a little negative, then I'm going to build up to a really negative. <laughs> is um, this a shit sandwich? Is that yeah, what we're going yeah. for? No, I'm actually going to go positive. Um, the positive in the middle. Right. The, the negative is I have I, – I, when I used to play games, I kind of viewed it in this kind of rose-tinted glasses of – we're all here just to have a good time. And again, this goes back to me saying I feel the community sometimes doesn't have the maturity. With Fandible, I've, I've seen the shit in the corner. I've seen a lot of people, uh, you know, say some sexist stuff towards us, accuse us of being 
pussies for saying trigger warning. I only said Again, it once. Mostly, mostly yeah. I only said it once times but, three. But I, I, we have seen a lot more. I've seen a lot more of what worries some people out there. Even though you know I'm a white guy, you know white. Catholic, Christian, you know, nobody I never really felt any kind of uh, ism towards me. Um, you have I, a definition of hetero says white male. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I just, I, I've I seen a lot more of the darker sides of um, video games and that kind of community. Some of the more ignorant aspects because of it. That being said, I have seen so many amazing people come out of the woodworks and just talk to us like, we are friends, and it's been incredibly welcoming. Yes, it has been sad sometimes seeing some of that uh, sexism, hatred, racism, uh, just plain ignorance. But it is so overshadowed by the amount of love that our community has really shown us. I mean, we've gotten letters from people thanking us who said that when they've gone to other countries and were alone, we were their only voice that they listened to. And I had that on my wall for two years just occasionally when i was sad i'd read uh, knowing that i had that effect on somebody uh i've had people tell me that my stories are brilliant that our stories are brilliant that our character inspired them that made them choke up that made them look at their daughters in a new way that made them just want to love and be out there and do something with their lives and that is something that i never thought we would be able to do and it is incredibly humbling to know that we you know, we, we might just come here and do talky-talky into the microphone, but you have no idea what it means to us to know that our fans um, have been one of the most important parts of Fandible. Um, they are the first part of Fandible. <laughs> and um, the fact that you like us and you listen to us, it makes us want to know that all I want to do is know what I can do better to make you guys continue to enjoy our, our enjoy us and and uh, to know that we've had a positive effect on your life. Oh, Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Baba Booey. It also kind of makes us want to know why. <laughs> well, no, what I'll say about um, what's great about the people that listen to Fandible is, as as I think we've we've talked around a little bit, but there are there there are some um, some to use social justice language, some broken stairs in our community. There are, mm-hmm. are people in our community that continually just fling shit because it makes them feel better about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that shit gets flung at people like me. It gets flung at women who dare to to encroach in this space that is seen as being traditionally for men. And I, I've, I like to say it's like I've publicly been a woman on the internet for like 15 years at this point. Uh, and as part of Fandible, never has any of that darkness come to our doorsteps. The closest has been people shitting on the female space marine. Yeah. Um, but honestly, none of that was at me. That was all at yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Nobody yes. had a problem with me. Because he was changing the game for his girl. Yeah. <laughs> that oh, was yeah. the best. Oh, by the way, Billy, I'm sorry we're going to get married next week. <laughs> uh, I saw that coming a while ago. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I I do love that, that whatever particular brand of fame that we have, it's been built by by fundamentally good people who uh, and and we are at the point where when people do come in and start to grumble about maybe some of the social justice aspects of our podcast there's other fans who are like um dude no that's what this podcast is about and that's what makes it awesome so um thank you listeners of fandible for making this a safe space for a woman to game hey look at that I mean, we're going to cut that part out, right? But yeah. uh, that's a good message. 
Um, I would say for my own part, when it comes to how this podcast has influenced my view of fellow gamers uh, and the gaming in general, I I am not an optimistic person. No, I am critical. Not. And the more I love something, I try to be more critical of everything that is important to people, including myself. This is why his cat doesn't respond to his calls. No, exactly. <laughs> because he voted for Romney. Hmm. Anyways... <laughs> Uh, no, it's, I, I, I mock, I mock the important things. Uh, I, I do it to myself. Uh, it's, it's both a, a sword and a shield. I do it to other people and becoming part of Fandible. Jesus can vouch for this. Uh, all of you can vouch for this. I've told you the story, but I genuinely did not take this seriously for like a solid six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I showed up tongue in cheek, like, okay, is this, well, we're going to record I want to have sex with my, 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 uh, what was it, blaster? Oh, oh yeah. 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 Yeah, you had a very special affinity with machines that you wanted to fuck it. Yep, uh, because I did not think I would come back. I thought it was funny. Uh, yeah, it was funny, yeah. Uh, I, I did not think I would come back, and then when I did come back, I was like, okay, losers, like, <laughs> we're going to record something and put it on the internet. That's how he actually introduced himself. Yeah, yeah exactly. What's up, losers? <laughs> yep. Tech Marine, uh, fuck it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so my relationship with other gamers is both beneficial. It's it's improved, um, but I've I've been to virtually none of the, the the cons and stuff just because of scheduling issues. So I've only interacted with other gamers through comments on the website and the occasional emails that I'll get, uh, and comments on 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 uh, Twitter, and uh, I am super appreciative of the the positive ones and occasionally of people saying you know like. Uh, uh, like it's been said before, that we help them through harder times just by being a source of ent- entertainment or being honest on the mic. That's awesome. But I do have a knee-jerk eye roll to some of the, the some of the games, like some of the games, some of the game players, some of the narratives, the whole fucking nine. And I'll and I'll do it even to stuff that I love, um, because for me, I will always have an arm's length relationship with stuff that is a passion, uh, and this is a passion. Uh, someone very intelligent once told me that anything you do for 20 years, which is how long I've been role-playing, anything you've done for 20 years is a skill. And I never believed her. Uh, and this podcast proves me wrong, which I'll never forgive you for. Uh, but You're welcome. Yeah, but uh, but but it, it it has improved my relationship, but also made it worth more and therefore more scary uh, with, with both the community and uh, of of gaming at large, and also with the with the subject itself, so it has more importance. But because of that, I will be more critical of it because I, I never want to become blind to that. Mm-hmm. And also, if I I yeah, and 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 listeners and other gamers, like I'll be I will be critical of actions as well. Um, and and that is simply because at the end of the day. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to chalk myself up to team nerd, uh, when I'm honest with myself. You're so mean. (laughs) I'm sorry. I, you know, like, but so like, but being part of Fanables helped me, made me address that. It made me address that. Like, I wouldn't still be doing the GTRTs. I still wouldn't be showing up to games. I definitely wouldn't be your friends, losers, (laughs) um, if I didn't want to address that. But so, so I got, I got bad news for you, bro. Yeah. (laughs) You're team nerd. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You are what, – what, 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 what day is it? Is it a Saturday? It's yeah. at 8 o'clock, I guess. Right in, are you New at York, the club York, or are you here? In New York, York 
city. Yeah. Where, oh, there are things happening. (laughs) Oh, As we speak. Oh, there are things happening. Uh, It's SantaCon today, guys. Oh, Oh, my my God. God. Okay, so so I'm not Welcome to hashtag Team Nerd. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right, listeners, use hashtag... At the comment section, in the comment section, use hashtag Team Nerd to talk about the stuff that you love about your nerdy self. Let me see about why I'm wrong, about what can be out there to love about being part of hashtag Team Nerd. Everything. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Woot. But I am happy I'm not at SantaCon. I got caught in that shit once while oh, going God, yeah. no. while, while going somewhere. It's a friggin' nightmare. Yep. Uh, so, next question. When the train... Guys, let's listen to more Celine Dion. Whoa, was that four non-blondes? I don't know where that that came from. I said train. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag team nerd. (laughs) All right. Our next question is from Sean Britcher. Sean asks, do you have advice on developing a mythos? Short and to the point. Thank you, Sean. Do you have advice on developing a mythos? Wing it. (laughs) As per my earlier answer where I don't read lore, uh, don't bother. Mm. I'm going to ignore it. Mm. (laughs) I kid. I say that with love. Um, So in reality, (laughs) I still still think that's probably more work than is ever necessary. But if that's something that you're legitimately interested in, like forget out, you know, not necessarily for a specific game, but just to develop it in general, um, uh, it's things like, uh, I'd actually say don't wing it, or maybe you can wing individual parts of it. But for the love of God, this is when you need to be taking notes, people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is when you get, I mean, get out the note cards. Uh, you could storyboard it. You could uh, uh, flow chart it. Uh, Billy, go ahead. You were doing great. No, uh, so it would be uh, kind of building block by building block, make notes on it, uh, and, and go from there. I say, yeah, you know, honestly, you should probably. I mean, I, I wing a lot of my stuff, and but I've winged it so much, it, it actually, it's built to some stuff, and I have it in my head now of how I want to go. But some things kind of just, there's a lot of happy accidents, so mm. just accept happy accidents sometimes. Like, the I recently tied... The Ink Monster and the Candle Witch mm-hmm. together into one uh, prequel story. And I was actually very surprised at the ending of how that turned out. So, you know, happy accidents happen. So, you know, just be open to those. I would say here's the biggest thing for Mythos. Take something you love about a genre and or several genres and you can tie them all together. It could be the craziest shit in the world, but you could figure out a way to make it work. I think uh, that's what Jim Butcher did with one of his uh, book series mm-hmm. where – he yes someone said like you can't write a uh you can easily write a book about uh uh, roman legionnaires pokemon and he's like no you can't that's the stupidest shit and he did and he's like well you were right i made a million dollars but you are in fact right i can't do it i think just take the shit that you love Mm -hmm. about a given genre about a given story and start there and Mm -hmm. then combine them and like i seriously if you just like bobsledding that's a hobby of yours you love bobsledding, you love the moon, and you love inter... You love... Trains. Trains. You love bobsledding, you love the moon, and you love intergalactic piracy. Uh, make uh, You can easily make a story about some sort of uh, galactic Olympics that are going on, and uh, there's a heist that they're using a bobsled in order mm-hmm. to transport a the money. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, you could easily do that in mm-hmm. order to make it work. So just grab what you like and then just weave it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my recommendation would be very simply 
Decide on scope. Decide on the scope of your mythos before you dive into the mythos. And let me give you an example from cinema. Uh, the Judge Dredd reboot, Dredd, that was made a couple of years ago. It takes place entirely in one city block. The entirety of it takes place in one city block. And there is, a, there is a narrative and there are groups acting independent of one another. But the entire thing has a scope of one goddamn mega block. And it's 50 stories up, whatever. It's its own city. But it doesn't go outside of that necessarily. There are parts that insinuate that it goes outside, but it all is contained inside that one block. You focus on where the action is going to happen and what is at stake. And those are your, those are your parameters. So, for instance, Star Wars, the entire fucking galaxy, that's the stake. So, but look at what the stakes are in initially. It's a family. It's one rundown sand pit shithole in the farthest. If there's a bright center of the galaxy, you're in the planet farthest from it. That's where you are. That is your stake. That is your parameter. And then most Eisley is expanding the parameter. And the Jawas expands the parameter. The Empire insinuates something larger and expands the parameter. But it's still about that one shithole planet. For at least for the very the very beginning. That is the, the shithole uh planet that holds the family. I think the family is yeah, the parameter. Exactly. The, exactly. The point is the family. The point is Luke. The point is the old man. Uh is is Ben Kenobi. Uh the point are the droids, obviously. The but but we're not immediately going to Star Wars the Galaxy. We're just focusing on this one story. So my recommendation for a mythos would be choose your scope. And then you can always expand out, but it's very hard to expand in. It's very hard to go inwards once you've gone outwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me personally, it's about theme or at least one aspect of the universe that can tie all the mythos together. For example, and I'm going to use, Billy, your game like that you made by a happy accident, as you already suggested. But each, uh, you begin to notice that like each type of monster and each type of world potentially has the same theme of like uh, somehow emotions tied to each type of monster. Mm-hmm. Or basically like either negative or positive emotions power them. And that becomes a theme of the entire universe, the theme of the entire mythos. So if the ink monster thrives on happy memories, the the, that ball, that uh, square of gold feeds on greed or somehow enhances greed in some place. Each monster enhances it. Like, and you begin to realize, like, in that universe, emotions can change reality, can create monsters, can That's create. Really good. Yeah. I'm keeping that. Yeah, yeah, keep that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that was a really good idea. I came up with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a genius. Yeah. But that's just, just what I noticed in your various monsters. Maybe because that was a hack. It was like all your monsters have that similar trait. Oh, no, that but now it's not a, a tying factor over all of them. Like mm-hmm. in this universe, emotions, if they go wrong, can create monsters. That's actually, that's, yeah, no, yeah. That's actually something I've been exploring. So no, it's a, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. See, in my case, so taking into account what David said, basically, you've got, you know, you set your parameters. You you know where your story is going to take take place in. And then you take in what Jesus and, and, and uh, Billy said. Basically, you you have this one overarching thing. So, you know, you establish the overarching fact of your of your soon-to-be mythos. Hmm. So, for example, you know, going with Billy's example, uh, and, and uh, Jesus is pointing out uh, the idea that Billy totally on purpose uh, <laughs> came up with. Was, uh, you know, that, that whole thing, like, yeah, it, you know, it's based around emotions. So, so, you know, emotions going out of control or going wrong or somehow 
create these this this mythos of of creatures and this is where they come from you know this is kind of what they do once you're so busy you establish that base fact and then start building back out from there you go all right well if this is if this is true if the you know statement a is true then logically what comes from that mm. and that's really where you where you have to build because you can you can just go nuts you go like there's a universe where uh, you know bad emotions create monsters. Uh, therefore, uh, all Cadillacs have six wheels. So, <laughs> no, there's you know that, that one A you know B does not follow from A. Mm-hmm. But if you say no, there's a universe where you know emotions do you know have uh, 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 deleterious effects. So what does this mean for this world? It's like, well, let's see. All right, things like theater. Theater is something that 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 generates a lot of emotion in 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 the audience and in the people playing it. So. Does that mean that theater is a front for a lot of these creatures because they feed, they use it, uh, you know, to feed from, or is it a, is it is it somehow used by by those that fight against these creatures uh, as sort of a, a shield of emotion against the against the, uh, the 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 corruption that these beings bring? You know, write this like down. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, Billy yeah. taking notes. That's yeah. much. <laughs> but stuff like that, basically, that's that's where you build this mythos. And if you decide, you know what? No, yeah, properly channeled emotion protects from the corrupting influence. You, you've you've just added one extra step to the mythos. Yep. Like so, now you've got the seeds for some kind of underground organization that that runs like you know the, the theaters in the city <laughs> and they're protecting the so city the from So the theater kids started the a mafia. Ki- the theater would, kids are would running you a call mafia. It a, would you call it like a citizens brigade? Yeah. And they're standing <laughs> up for people if so you it's would. more of an upright <laughs> citizens citizen brigade. brigade if you will. Yes. It's fighting against, you know, the ink monster. Yes. Yeah. I'm no. sorry. That's that's incorrect. What I meant to say was it's more of uh, it's more of a, a scrappy underdog group. You would call it maybe the the grunge or the, the hole, groundlings, maybe or, or maybe the pit. <laughs> uh, because to to say the UCB, uh, Jesus doesn't attend the UCB. No, so it's, sorry, it's the pit all the way for me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry UCB, you're gonna have to actually uh, you're gonna have to send hookers and chocolates <laughs> through his his window to get him. And, exactly. and once I'll be prone to UCB left and right if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, that's that's where that's where that's where you build from it. Like yeah. I said, you, know, you you take that you. Tell your parameters your parameters for example in this example i was giving was the city mm-hmm. like this is this is where it's going to go from you've established your base fact of your reality emotions and and you hit your microphone and mm-hmm. uh, make it go weird and and you build from there you, but you build logically and sometimes those little weird semi-logical leaps will lead to really interesting stuff like you know the theater kids protecting the city mm-hmm. from eldritch horrors that's aw- I, someone make this game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're going to Metatopia, right? Yeah, that's someone would be Billy. Yeah. Uh, because at the end of the day, this this is all building yes. on his on his original mythos. Yes. So I just really wanted to. Uh, so every splat book would be a specific kind of martial uh, a, a martial art or 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 power that the city kids or the theater kids would use against the darkness. Mm-hmm. So for instance, for the fire bugs, you know, like fire controllers, that splat book would be called Richard the Third Degree Burn. <laughs> okay. It was a long... Okay, let me restart the car. Hold on. Okay, so <laughs> I good, wish that good, maybe... Good. Good, good. <laughs> Someone cut the brakes. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much, uh, Sean, for your, for your question. Mm-hmm. We hope we helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one's from a person called Sam. I hope, I'm pro- I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Sam. Sam. Is that? S- Sam. 
Same. 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 What did Sam have to say to us? Uh, So Sam asks, as GMs, all of you have made some pretty killer monsters and villains. Any advice on making a good antagonist? Do you guys have a favorite of the ones you've made? So let's start with the first one. Any advice for making a good antagonist? Make them human. Not yeah. don't make them. I mean, if they're, you need a, them to be a troll, make them a troll. Mm-hmm. Make, them, make them a werewolf. But I think all good ata- antagonists have a want and a need. They have to have a little bit of life. If they don't want to have a want and a need, and they're just evil for evil's sake. Then it's hard for a person to connect. But let's take uh, one of Jesus's uh, better villains. Uh, well, I'm sounding like a dick. <laughs> one of his best villains. Embrace it. Was um, I just forgot his name. Uh, Andrew. Uh, Andrew Weston. Andrew Weston. Mm, yes. Andrew. Andrew's yeah. an asshole. Andrew, oh, he's, he, no, he's not an asshole. Here's the thing I love about Andrew mm-hmm. Weston. He is part of a hate group. And they hate metas. But when you think about it, when you we actually what went into his dream, this is Rotted Capes. Yeah. When you went into his head, you realize that Andrew Weston doesn't hate metahumans. He hates how society treats metahumans. Exactly. Because his daughter and his wife and his son were killed by a metahuman. And when he spoke out against that metahuman, uh, they, they silenced him and they ruined his life. If mm-hmm. I was him, I would absolutely probably not go and start a hate group. But I understand him. I, I don't look at... In his so, defense, he didn't start the hate he, group. No, he didn't he start He joined it, the hate but group. But let's be... <laughs> was their account. Let's, yeah, let's be honest. They they were like, you know, meeting in like a fucking shack in Alabama. Okay, he, he made a grid again. I he fully accept them, that. Gr- yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he, he built some walls, drained some swamps, and made them great again. Yeah. But I think Andrew Weston is a good point of you understand where he comes from, but you know he's doing wrong, which makes it, the story more complex. The, complicated. Mm-hmm. The best villains think they are the hero of their own story. Yeah. And you, like that's yeah. really how you yeah. develop yeah. It, a, a human style villain, as you're saying. Like not a, a monster. A monster can be a monster for monster's sake. They I, can be. Yeah, I I honestly think uh, the best monsters are. They have to have a little humanity in them. Mm-hmm. A but, little bit. So, but for the the definitely for these these human esque these these yeah. humanoid villains, um, build them as if they are the hero. Like, spend some time in their head. This guy is my main character, as deplorable as you may find their motivations. Mm-hmm. All right, so how does this hero go? Like, how are they built? What is their What are their motivations yeah. for trying to save the world? Yeah. Reach the point where you where you go inside their heads and think to yourself, you, uh, you as the outs on the outs can look into the character and realize I understand where you're coming from. Essentially, that's important. Yes. I would say um, I'm of two minds when it comes to uh, making villains because I do love making villains that are essentially powerful people with different wants and desires. I do. But there is a, there is a market for simple villains that just love fucking people over. Mm-hmm. That just love being evil. Mm. Negan! Oh, sorry. Did I say that? Did I <laughs> that? We're going to cut that shit out. <laughs> Um, wait, what did you say? Negan from Walking Dead? Oh, Negan. What, what did you think I said? What do you think I, you think you said? Uh, That's straight up racist, man. <laughs> I straight up thought you used the N-word What? <laughs> what? 
and I thought you were making a joke because that's one of his best lines of "I'm gonna cut that shit out." Which is <laughs> oh, sorry, really? I yeah. don't watch The Walking Dead. I'm not a nerd. All Anyways, right, so that are. happened. You are sorry. Yes, please. No, you, team nerd. Sorry, you're wearing the costume. You're, <laughs> you are emceeing a podcast. And we have literally called Geeky Topics okay. Roundtable. God damn it! If I have to show you the photo I took of my full body Spider-Man onesie that I just got off Amazon.com as a treat to myself for the holidays to prove that I'm not a nerd. Yep. Maybe you'll tell me if anyone you know is single. <laughs> Anyways, um, no, but uh, I, I think that there is uh, there's a, a good dichotomy there, and 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 for for characters for villains who have their own wants and desires. It is important to say, are they a product of their environment? Now, again, I go back to Shadowrun because that's my jam. But a lot of the villains you've run into are products of their environment. They're either from high, well-to-do society of ruthless capitalism, in which case they treat you like numbers, or they are from underprivileged, like unbelievably violent places in New Jersey um, (laughs) that have been exposed to this ruthless capitalism and constantly feel like they should be striving for something more and you are all characters the i would say one of the most important parts is show where if you can and you can't always do this but show where the npc or where the player characters could have turned out like them show where that turn Mm -hmm. went sorry show where that 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 moment that they could have gone wrong but they didn't so not just a sympathy, but a kind of stark realization. Yeah, that that reminds me of the conversation you guys had after you left Andrew Weston's mind about trying to understand why Andrew Weston became the way he was. Like, okay, yeah, he went bad, but we would never do that. When when you all all you think about is like you've all done horrible shit after the zombie apocalypse. You've all done horrible. Torchlight has always been a hero. <laughs> you killed a family, man. I would have no, done no, that. No, for like I will. A... I will argue to the day I die that they needed to die. Torturing the guy was no, no. bad. Oh, okay, okay. Torturing the guy. Okay, was okay, bad. No, but, but, no, okay. You are not going to put rose tinted glass. This is what you. Okay. Every time. No, no. Talk, listen, listen. To every me. time you talk killed. To... You killed the family just because the father was begging you not to kill them. No, that is not the story. <laughs> I literally rolled. Guys, no. What no. game are you talking about? So Rotted, Rotted Capes. Don't think that you're talking Capes. about it. Rotted Capes. Yeah. Rotted Capes. Yeah. I literally rolled. I was like, sir, you're making a scene. You said people are starting to panic in the crowd. I never said people were starting to oh, panic. I said will, they. I said have, the father was starting to no, panic. No, no, no. You, no, we no. have it on video. We have audio. I don't know if you. I said something about. I said nothing about the crowd. No. I said the father was screaming, screaming at you in, to please. He was the father was freaking out. Timothy and, Curry no. is my point. And Timothy Curry. Him. Timothy, Timothy. Yes, you did. Him. And it was the right thing to do. Eventually, because, yes. What? What? I was going to talk him down from that. <laughs> you were here. I am a hero. I ended their pain immediately. I saved their daughter. Absolutely did the right thing in that situation. Well, I was going to convince the guy after he screamed, you're going to kill my children. We're all going to die. That, oh, no, just relax. We're all going to be okay. Let's all talk about this for a little while. I didn't no, say it wasn't complicated. Ended, no, it was heroic. And <laughs> Billy was actually thing. sounds like my hero, Adam Conover. Uh, like uh, when he gets all uh, defensive like that. Now, Adam, uh, I know you're a fan. Uh, <laughs> so if you've got some time off from doing Adam Ruins everything and uh, you want to come down uh, and play Fandible, we totally understand. Yeah. We'll let you play a bard yeah <laughs> uh my point was timothy curry mm. timothy curry is the 
uh, is what I use for the other side of the villain coin. And that is when you want to create a villain that simply likes being a villain and you don't want to overthink it, imagine what the villain's name is, and then imagine Timothy Curry saying that name, declaring himself. And then maybe a sentence of what that villain wants. Because so by I, Timothy Curry, do you mean the man that's more colloquially known as Tim Curry? Sorry, Tim Curry. Yeah, mm. thank you. So it's just like, am I supposed to be getting this reference? Tim Curry, Tim Curry. I'm sorry, Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. The yelling. <laughs> the yelling that was happening in stereo around me kind of distracted yeah. me. But Tim Curry, Tim Curry, the the, the English actor uh, who was uh, the demon from um, Legend. Uh, yep. he was, I like that that's your first go-to. Well, no, because we're going chronologically. Because yep. then he was also uh, he was also the butler in Clue. Uh, Clue. Yep. Uh, and uh, he was in, uh, what's that uh, um, uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone film? Bravo or something like that? Uh, Bruno? Bruno, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so, so Timothy Curry was always the greatest in my mind of playing a bad guy who's in it for being a bad guy. And also the villain from, uh, Congo. Uh, Congo. Well, Congo. not, he's not the villain, but yeah, but he's a great guy from Congo. He was, he was the villain. He was kind of bad. Kind I mean, of the villain. I mean, the villain was the giant monkeys that were, right. <laughs> yeah. But he was the bad, he was bad. Yeah. He but was in, the greed. But in Fern Gully. <laughs> oh, he was yes. a fucking villain. Oh yes, yes. So, so, so that is the voice that I use in order to imagine who is the voice. Like, like, why does this villain love being a villain? Imagine Tim Curry, and then I write. Tim stuff Curry down. has played a character who had an entire song about why it's great to be the villain. Absolutely, hmm. absolutely, and also uh, in the Worst Witch, uh, he features in Tambourine. I love the Worst Witch. If no one else knows about that show, <laughs> no, that is, that is the movie. best movie. <laughs> that movie is the greatest. Anyway, so Tim Curry, that is my that that is the other side of the coin. Imagine somebody whose voice or uh, personifies villainy to you, and then imagine them saying their name, announcing mm-hmm. their name, and like one sentence about themselves, and then don't give a fuck about what the players think. Mm-hmm. Like just barrel straight ahead with the fact that they're a villain. Most likely they're disposable, but they'll make an Im- an impression. Uh, and I've done this a couple of times for you guys in in, in Shadowrun, and you've mm-hmm. you've dispatched the villain, and you've never thought, huh. What was their actual motivation? Because <laughs> you know what? Sometimes you're just not going to get that from your players. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about, because the question also asked about monsters, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Monsters and villains and a so, good antagonist. Yeah. So so monsters, I think, can come from a different level because <laughs> monsters, sometimes they, they don't have a higher level of thinking. Like some monsters are just these horrific, abomina- abominable creatures um, that for whatever reason, because of these heightened realities that we play in, they don't act like normal animals. Most animals, um, and I've played with this a bit in Hollow Earth Expedition, is if an animal attacks you and you can prove that you're bigger and badder than it, a normal animal is going to be like, mm, you're too difficult to eat, I'm going to go that way. Um, but a monster, for whatever reason, is driven to keep attacking even after uh, you've proven to be a, a formidable uh, uh uh, foe, you know, whether it's being controlled by a wizard or it's just alignment is evil. There's something going on with with monsters that make them um, keep coming after you. Uh, and monsters, I think you have a lot of of leeway to just throw whatever weird shit you want. It's mm-hmm. like, all right, I, normally I can't justify this because this is like totally weird motivation. But hey, it's a monster. Let's have fun with this. Yeah, when it's a monster like that, the story is supposed to be focused, hyper focused on the characters themselves. Mm-hmm. Like it is, the monster is kind of this unseen. Well, it is a scene for it. It's kind of like a force of nature more than just a creature. Um, 
so like we have something with like Michael Myers, like uh, the old Michael Myers, there was no character motion there was nothing he was a blank slate he had a mask on he wanted to kill there was really nothing more than that that was fine but he wasn't a good character he was a force of nature he was mm-hmm. a cool force of nature mm-hmm. um so but if you want to do a little bit more focus like gul Dukat, then you get to that's a villain that, mm-hmm. that's that, that's when you start looking at it and you, you there's a vast difference i prefer a villain more than a monster uh, but that's not to say a monster isn't mm-hmm. useful in sometimes. I, I, because I, 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 there is sometimes when it's uh, the story really requires. Like I think you guys did face a force of nature when you faced off in one of my stories with the greed, the gold. Mm-hmm. Like there was the gold didn't want anything. It's just it, it's gold, mm-hmm. and it some for some reason made people fucking greedy as shit. So like David says that like a, a villain, um, or you know like a really great way to illustrate a villain is to make them be somebody where the protagonists could have ended up there, you know, kind of there but for the grace of God go go the PCs. Whereas I think monsters are an opportunity to show off how awesome your PCs are. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no way that your PCs are going to end up in this scenario, but this is your opportunity to create a really challenging foe that lets them show off something cool about them. Has, have we had any characters that uh, you guys know of that, has looked at one of the villains and saw themselves, but making a different choice. Do you have any characters like that? Um, I would probably say, honestly, I would say Tagos. Um, Tagos. The villain did you see? Uh, the mayor of uh, Rissian. Rissian. Yeah, Rissian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you remember, uh, he was ripping. Uh, Tagos was with the assistance of Vekasin. Uh, Vekas and Varric was was ripping people off with some charlatan, uh, you know, tomfoolery. And then when Rissian showed up, uh, Tagos tried to do his normal, you know, uh, like talk his way out of it, but then defended what he was doing to uh, Vekas and Varric. Um, to defended what the what the mayor was doing. Like, look, he's he's trying to run a town. We are not going to start a goddamn revolution. He's trying to run a town. We got caught. That's how it goes. Uh, I think that that was a moment where Tagos brushed with the kind of, especially when when Welton was being taken down. Tagos recognized like the the, the degree of damage that was going on with Welton. Uh, Tagos recognized that given enough time and pressure. Yeah, this would all seem completely reasonable. Uh, and that's why his his instinct became, let's wrap this up and get the hell out of here. <laughs> because if this guy's capable of that, then I have an unfortunate idea of what else he's capable of. Fun fact, he had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, Rizian was capable of so much more <laughs> than Dagos was. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess Torchlight and Andrew Weston. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember in our flashback of Andrew Weston, um, he met Bestial and realized that he could control Bestial, and he killed four men of his people because he didn't want it to be known how to control Bestial. And he did that for the greater good. Mm-hmm. He needed to do this because um, he didn't want anybody know it to get out, like, oh, this is how you control Bestial, and then there to be infighting within the EFH. Torchlight was faced with a similar situation, actually. Mm-hmm. Torchlight was faced with a similar situation. He made a horrible decision and tortured information out of um, one of the, uh, I don't know. Yes, uh, the attorney. Yeah. The attorney guy uh, who was an EFH uh, ambassador. Joffrey. Yeah. He tortured him in order to get information. And at the end, 
he could have killed him, hid the body, burned the body, and that would have been... And yeah, there may have been some investigation of where he disappeared off to, but Torchlight didn't do that. Mm -hmm. He took the... He took a horrible situation and made it actually worse because it was the right thing to do of he turned himself in and said, I tortured him. And they're like, why would you do that? He's like, I'm not, he's like, yeah, I tortured him. It was bad. Uh, what do we do? And they're like, well, we have to whip you now. Yep. That's kind of, he had a brush. He kind of got to the point where he was about, he realized that he was about to become Andrew Weston. Mm -hmm. um, and then backed away and that scared the shit out of him. Yeah. Which is why Torchlight is kind of now walking like, no, I'm doing what I'm told. I'm doing this because he realized like, and now after knowing about where Andrew Rustin is, he realizes how much he got close to becoming Andrew, killing in, for his own benefit. Even though he can totally do it in his mind of, no, this is a hate group, we need to know what they're doing, and we can't have this guy blabbing. Mm -hmm. He realizes, like, holy shit, it's so easy to become Andrew Weston. To be clear, my answer was for Numenera, and your answer was Rotted for Capes Rotted Capes. <laughs> there we go. A lot of moral ambiguity in Rotted Capes. Strange. That's the reason I love it. It's my favorite game. <laughs> yep. Um Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. Go. On. Oh, uh, the only one that comes to mind for me is uh, from Unhallowed Metropolis, Mama Clayton and Moira. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. She's awful. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah. Uh, if I. She's a saint. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Are you talking about yeah. Moira? Yeah. Moira. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's I it, I I don't think Moira ever would have gotten to quite the conniving lengths of uh of uh, Beatrice Clayton, or I, I I hope that she wouldn't. You mean before she became a mourner? Yes, yeah. Okay. I I'm saying, but I do think that the loss of a child can drive a person to uh, extreme lengths, mm -hmm. and. We know that Moira is in some ways a very passionate person and makes extreme decisions mm -hmm. when she faces loss. So what if something had uh, had happened uh, to her? Like even if, if Horatio had still been alive, it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, if she became the matriarch of the, the Clayton family, which presumably she would have been at some point. Mm -hmm. Maybe she could have uh, had that same drive that, that Beatrice does. It would be an interesting what if situation if Byron acts actually got into that carriage and was the one that blew up mm -hmm. and to see what happened what would happen mm -hmm. following that like Horatio throwing himself into the investigation mm -hmm. Moira trying to take on more responsibilities eventually become the matriarch and mm -hmm. just kind of seeing that repeat of uh, Horatio and Moira splitting apart uh, emotionally my character would have been a doctor by now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it does seriously cool she's like understanding like uh, Miss Clayton's family is how she became the way she is. I'm not. Uh, I can't say anything. You can't say anything. You can't, I can't say anything. I can't. Shush. I will not say anything. Shush. I think my character would have been a doctor by now too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So how about you, Dan? Any? Uh, no, no, no. My characters are all friggin' paragons of justice. <laughs> no, but you're villains. So, so, so the the Captain final awesome pants the, and what's his name? Yep, that's actually oh, uh, the same thing. Yeah, Daniel, Daniel Clayton, Daniel. and that's from Warhammer 40k. Not Clayton. Not Clayton. No. Not Clayton the Daniel. Coonan. 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 Yes. Coonan. So that's Coonan. from Warhammer yeah. 40k. Yeah. yeah, one of our very first games. Uh, don't don't go don't go back. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, Rogue Trader. Don't yeah. do this yeah. to yourself. Yeah. Uh, so so the final question from Am I saying this right? Sam. Mm -hmm. Sam. <laughs> you have to say it with a umlaut. Shum. I don't know. Is that, is that what an umlaut does, guys? In I don't Spanish, know. Spanish, I believe it's pronounced thumb. 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 Uh, Don't say it with a lisp. Donde está la biblioteca? There we go. So, anyways, uh, so the last question is: uh, Do we have any favorite uh, antagonists that we ourselves have utilized over the years? Night uh, Ravens. 
Night Ravens. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the Night Ravens. That shit that is gold. Bomb. I love yeah, the Night Ravens. Ravens are really yeah, good. I honestly created that on uh because I was with the thing with uh, Unhome Metropolis is a twist of of uh, Victorian era or legends and monsters of the eras of different worlds. And so I basically for the Night Raven I looked for okay Prussian uh, Prussian or German monsters. Oh, there's a weird bird monster. What can I do with that? <laughs> it eats brains. Awesome, and I went. I just rolled with it. And what it you can do perfectly. with it is apparently make an entire fucking like new fucking leg of the monster <laughs> that is the narrative. <laughs> they were cool. They yeah. were very cool. I was a big fan of creating those guys. Uh, it's an easy one to say, but Ink Monster. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like making the Ink Monster because it's very understandable. Who doesn't want to live their life just experiencing happiness? That's all he wants. Yep. Aww. Oh, that's I, sweet. Yeah, I mean, it is sweet until you realize it's horrifically how he does it, yeah. but mm-hmm. um, I liked him. I, li- I like the Ink Monster. I think I'm done telling his story. I did the prequel. I uh, did the uh, uh, the first, uh, then the second part, and I don't think I need anything more. Maybe he'll show up occasionally, but the idea is um, I-, I really liked how he fleshed him out. Mm-hmm. I think mine, uh, I think mine's Ilsa. From yeah. uh, Hollow Earth, interesting, uh, because it's mm-hmm. it was really fun to have that that big twist on you guys, like super classic, it, like just ripped straight from Indiana Jones. Like I made no bones about that. It's like obviously this is an Indiana Jones villain, um, but getting to play her as Lisa Johnson, and then nope, she's actually Ilsa Johansson. Yep. Uh, so getting to play that that pulpy super evil Nazi who's tricked the entire party. Uh, that's that's the sort of character that you really only get to do once with a, a group. Mm-hmm. Um, I, even We've never if, trusted another woman in uh, AMC <laughs> ever since. Yeah. But I mean, even if, because uh, I, I, you guys are, are great players, um, even if you saw that plot twist coming, I know that in character you would totally play along with it, but you still wouldn't have that same reaction that you would the first time. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a, a one and done, and, and I hope at least that everyone enjoyed it as much oh, as I did yeah. the one time it was used. Hmm. See, for me, it's it's kind of hard because it's I don't have a favorite <laughs> villain that I've used specific villain. Really, not the '97 <laughs> Volvo that almost killed all the team. That, that still not, gives me nightmares. That Volvo was the hero of its own story. <laughs> all right. How about Joe? Joe no, who survived again, Vietnam. No, Joe is also a hero. Joe's <laughs> yeah. straight up a hero. You people are, are literal demons. Monsters. From a, we are you know, from monsters. So. I, I, I just want to say I didn't kill him. Yep. <laughs> I was hiding heroically. Yep, yep. He made me bleed. My own blood. Yep. <laughs> he made all of us bleed. <laughs> yep, yep. Again, except for... He took out your, like, phaser cannon. Yeah, yeah you had, like, a, like a railgun arm, yeah. and he... With a butter knife, yep. Oh but... Jesus Christ. It's kind, of, it's kind of a match for me for... So that that would be the Demon the Fallen game, yes, by the way, yes. for our listeners. But uh, it's kind of a match for me in... T- it's more of a... F- 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 sort of settings and overarching forces. So the two for me are the God Machine, mm-hmm. which I can't take credit for because, you know, they invented that for the book. I did not make up the God Machine. But getting to play it, getting to play the sort of like implacable, male- malevolent, yet reality-distorting force, and you can't punch that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't punch yeah. the God Machine. Yeah. So how do you deal with that? And then basically knowing that, yeah, you guys are facing against impossible odds 
and you're still going to try and do something. I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, if, yeah. For, with with the God Machine, like it was one of the only other examples of like a Lovecraftian type mm-hmm. monster. Mm-hmm. Like it's something so powerful, there's no way you can attack it. Yeah. Like, so I, how do you yeah. do? How do you deal with that? Yeah. And kind of related to that was in the uh, the SCP game that we played. Mm-hmm. Um, not the actual villain who was uh, the Kamiho, uh, because she was she was rather embarrassingly. Uh, Distracted and defeated, uh, using a, a basset hound that could speak. <laughs> um, but I really, really enjoyed playing the SCPs themselves. Mm, like yes. the, that house and all the strange puppies. Yeah, the puppy floor. Just all the, all the different strange, like that, that. I just really enjoyed that. So that was, yeah. and, and, the, and it was really the, the SCPs themselves were effectively the villains of the piece. Mm-hmm. Like you had to deal with all this strangeness and know that if you didn't, it was going to spill out and bad things would happen to the world. So, and most of these, no, you couldn't punch either. So yeah. I, I love ha- going, you know, going like, no, this, it's not somebody, it's some thing, it's some, some force or some idea. And how do we, deal with this now so it's cool i said night raven oh yeah you said night raven sorry uh for me uh, i mean i've only introduced a couple of uh everything's fine yeah everything is awesome yeah it's the editing song (laughs) i've only introduced a couple of uh antagonists into shadowrun which is the only game that really run um Yeah, no, it'd be Mr. Smiley. It would 100% be Mr. Smiley is my uh, favorite. Yaha, uh, what was it? Of fun time? No, 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 because that was his competitors. He was for Mega Mart. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. He was right. spokesman for Mega Mart. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that would be one of my favorite, but um, for person- for personification of evil, that'd be Ooh, one yeah. of my favorite. Um, but for my actual, like, for my actual fear factor, it would be the sweepers from the clicks, the... Uh, the the um you may remember this from the the Shadowrun game the Batman yeah the yeah. the Batman the drugged was, up Batman yes yeah the drugged up Batman is in a cop car and it's got yeah. nothing but metal shards stuck to it and mm. it will just go down the street killing everything in sight the, the and greatest it it. thing that you've ever made me want to do drugs for yes <laughs> I, I remember the sweepers. Oh, I, I wanted some so the sweepers are the anti anti drug yeah, no, yeah exactly I, 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 so yeah hizzy is the is the product that may have made the sweepers which is a supposedly a cop inside their cop vehicle for no one knows how long and they've been modifying it over and over to basically be a rolling wheel of death a uh, rolling car of death and they will just go down the street murdering everyone they see because as far as they're concerned, everyone is a criminal. And it only happens in this very, very small, like, seven or eight or 15 block uh, grouping in Seattle in, in Shadowrun, where they will just drive around like Pac-Man, always chasing purple ghosts over and over and over, killing everyone they see. Uh, that was my favorite one, because the way you guys reacted to the description was my favorite reaction, because even though you invaded the uh, the problem... Uh, quite handedly, afterwards you still talked about it, and that was that was how I knew I did something right. Mm-hmm. That you still talked about, yeah, this sucks. We're being held at gunpoint, but that fucking thing back there. <laughs> at least we're not there. Yeah, right? that it was a fucking night. That was yeah. the goddamn minotaur in the center of the maze. We're falling out of an airplane, but at least there's no sweepers after. <laughs> exactly. So I was I was most proud of that one. I was most proud of that one. Thank you very much, Sam, for your question. We'll. Yeah. Ma- Them, Mm -hmm. them, gracias, them. Mm -hmm. Don't do a little bit later. (laughs) 
Uh, so last, but certainly not least, oh, and this is a recent uh, uh, attachment. Let to me get this. a slice of pro for some of our one of our uh, talkers. Okay. <laughs> oh no no no! I'm owning this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm calling this mass combat against Dan. <laughs> So it would be insane to ignore the topic. We've gotten so much attention from our listeners. And on a personal level, I actually really like, uh, well, first and foremost, this is about Dan's running of the Changeling game, right. Changeling the Lost that we just recently posted mm-hmm. that has gotten some comments. I personally really like that Dan took a genre that he loves with uh, all of his heart and uh, took a swing for the fences approach to make the rules for it. And that's a hard deal. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of us have ever had to duct tape some rules together and felt great about it. Uh, but uh, Dan was ex- was especially ambitious about it and, 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 and made us love the genre because he was so excited about it. He sent us droves of information uh, for a guy who may or may not get, you know, blog updates uh, on time. You had... A library of stuff to send us that you wrote yourself. Oh, and I've got more that I haven't sent. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and then so so I I remember like reading this, and being like, holy shit, Dan is not fucking around. He loves this. So so you got some flack for it. So my question to you right now, Dan, what did you learn from the experience? Uh, read the goddamn rules. <laughs> I mean, that's what it boils down to. It's it's yeah, you you know, call it a a a uh... hiccup. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm looking for a controversy, yeah. if you must. No, I I love Changeling. I love the game. I love the setting. I love. I know the setting more or less like the back of my hand. It had been a while since I'd run a game and since I'd looked at the rules. So I kind of went in thinking I remembered the rules and going like, yeah, no, I've played this enough that I, I know these rules. I'm fine. Yeah, no, you roll uh, you roll those dice and you t- and once take away and tens double. And if you get a uh, five upside down, I <laughs> believe you have to do the hokey pokey, <laughs> which earns you two extra success points. Once you gather ten full success points, that translates into one XP, which you can spend to raise David's uh, <laughs> next dice roll. Also, yeah. That's shiny Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, that is, I believe that's the rule. Did you rule. Bring your shiny Pokemon? I never. I gave up my shiny Pokemon. I gave oh. it up, like like so many other things in life. <laughs> I've given up on my shiny Pokemon. But no, I, that said, the know, new Pokemon was, game is amazing, and once I started playing it, I'm enjoying it very much. Mm. And you know what? I'm I'm playing it by the rules. <laughs> 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 much like Changeling going forward will be played by the proper rules. Mm. Which rules? Uh, the ones I'll be making up once this <laughs> thing is over. Uh, no, no, to our listeners, uh, if you are hearing this before our next session, uh, our second uh, Changeling which session. Which will be in January. Which will be in se- January. Oh, so, wait, did we already post the one where we kind of fixed the rules? No, no, no that's, that's going to be in January. Okay, so, so it's going to be, so, be so in January. Yeah, yeah, so in January, we'll be using something a lot closer to the actual rules. This, if you've heard us use these rules the last time, you've been like, oh, maybe you're a little bit off, but you know, you guys got the gist. Yeah. We, we have the gist the rules down exactly right now. yeah no for, more no more ones canceling shit out exactly yeah. for and and going forward on, on this game where i'm we're kind of evaluating whether we're going to convert to changeling uh, the lost 2.0 rules which are mostly done oh yeah, yeah. Uh, or whether we're just going to use you know rules as written for changeling 1.0 we're looking. Oh, uh, we're looking over it. Uh, I'm gonna once I look at both rule sets and, and know I understand them. Gonna talk to the rest of the group. We'll see where we go from there. Either way, whichever rule set we use, 
yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll use it as properly, as properly as Fandible ever does. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. Seriously, yes. guys. I'm, the, I'm not the only one here. <laughs> oh, no. Heavens. No, yeah. no, no, oh, no, 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 no. So. No. Because no, I, I, I will say, um, like when we were, when we were first starting that, that ill-fated combat scene, and I've, I've told Dan this already. Yeah. There was something in the back of my head going like, I don't think this is how this version of Changeling should go, but, God damn it, Dan's so confident. Yeah, no, that's the thing. In my head, I was like, I know this game. This is Changeling. You were so I know this. You overseeded, like, completely wiped yeah. out my, my remembrance of the rules. Because I was like, no, no, he's right. I remember. This is old school. I, straight, so, no, no. I was, like, I, I had on my, my investigator's head as I was Googling frantically yeah. on my phone. Like, the battery is draining. I'm like, I, I've got to figure this out. I was like, all right, I found a cheat sheet here. But wait, this was published in 2004. When was Changeling published? I don't know. I because <laughs> there's been yeah. so many different yep, versions yep. of World of Darkness but rules I, I, at this I point. I love that, that I personally, in real life, rolled an exceptional success. <laughs> <laughs> just convincing y'all that my bullshit set of rules mm-hmm. was correct and, ah. and these and these two head chihuahuas were, were meant to destroy you. <laughs> and you know what the thing is? People were asking like why we continued playing the rules when it was clearly we were getting devastated. And I think that's something that we like to do. Like yeah. what, what Fandible is trying to do is... For better or worse, we don't... We, we've spent the first couple years just kind of like wave hand waving uh rules away um and we feel that when we do that we don't really fully understand a game like maybe dungeon world's not as bad uh because we hand waved something we didn't understand and that maybe, broke us probably not we're trying not to hand wave rules so mm-hmm. the reason we just didn't give up with dan originally was because we're like no we can figure this out how does yeah, this work these, no these okay so th- those are the rules well yeah. fine fine we're gonna do this that yeah. way yeah. So, those rules suck yeah we're gonna do it <laughs> so yeah we 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 need to be a little bit more prepared for this, but honestly, it was just an honest mistake. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I, what we hoped you got from it is you got to see a glimpse of a couple of our uh, more interesting characters. Yes, yeah. I I think that first of all, even if you you hate what happened, the rules, and if you listen to the recording, I clearly did as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a small fucking aneurysm during that fight scene because well, you and I, David, we just walked away. <laughs> yeah, like our characters literally like. Peace. Not dealing with this bullshit. You made the correct choice, by the way. It wasn't even my combat scene, and I still kind of like, wait, 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 wait. Explain what just happened to me right now. Uh, And I think I love the ambition. You got to respect the ambition of saying like, no, I'm going to go into this. And also, you got to respect the way that Fandible... Kind of treats itself like a kid who got sm- caught smoking out back with dad's cigarettes. Like, oh, you want to be a big man? Yeah. Oh, you're going to smoke all these bad rules. You're going <laughs> to use all these bad rules all at once. You still feel like a big man? Yep, <laughs> like, yep. like, we just went forward with it. Um, and, uh, no, I actually, uh, I mean, like, it was, it was, it was weird. And, um, so I want to bring this up. It's very important to me. After a couple of days after the Changeling game, I was actually really bent out of shape about it. Um, I was really bent out of shape about it for a number of reasons. And so I reached out to Dan and I, I have never really done this with any of you. I just bullet pointed a bunch of problems I had with the game. And I, and I said, and I quote, I have a dungeon world level amount of conflict with this game right now. Is this and I after was, the last time we played? Or yeah, the, this yeah. is like after both times. And I was like, huh. I do oh, so not fucking know after what the, to expect. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He emailed me. Uh, and in between all the racist uh, stuff he said, <laughs> and, uh, he, there, was, there were some good criticisms. Yeah, exactly. And I so, can kind of tell that he hated it. Yeah, and yeah. so I, I – and I like hemmed in hot about sending uh, Dan this email. And finally I was just like, okay, look, this is clearly his thing. I've, you know, like, 
I'm going to reach out. He's my friend. But, like, I was literally, like, waking up angry about this. Like, because I thought we were going to play it the next weekend. I was just like, I got to say something. Like, I do not understand what the fuck is going on. And so I just emailed Dan. And from a narrative and and mechanic standpoint, I just laid it out. And I was like, he's going to be pissed. If somebody sent me this email, I'd be pissed. Dan could not have responded with a more Racist? thoughtful <laughs> <laughs> a more a more thoughtful level-headed and uh and and, and mature and and welcoming uh email that I I could never have written myself. I absolutely cannot. And I even responded that he should teach he should teach etiquette lessons at a GM finishing school <laughs> because it was it, it, it immediately soothed it, it it identified my concerns. It was honest when he, Dan was honest when he didn't have a good answer for me, but he he absolutely soothed my concern. I would gladly play that game again, knowing full well that Dan may not have all the answers for me, but I knew that he had the the intent. To run a good game, to be a good storyteller, and to make sure that it didn't ruin the experience for me. And I got to say, like, whatever the people who are commenting say, absolutely, just know in the background, at the back of the house, Dan was amazing at meeting somebody halfway about what happened. Um, and especially for somebody like me who obsesses over rules problems. and obs- Yeah. Obsesses <laughs> over that stuff. So – it was amazing. Uh, the the email, uh, like the conversation we had, was great. Thank you very much, Dan. I'll gladly. I don't know if I'll uh, accept ones canceling roles anymore, but well, like I said we're we're looking at the rule systems. We'll see where that goes. They don't but, do that anymore. Yeah, ones don't cancel. Exactly. Yeah. So we fix one, that in this. Ones do not cancel unless it's a chance die. Unless, unless it's a chance, chance die. Yeah. Die. Then it doesn't cancel. It just makes you botch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, but if you roll. Uh, D20 and you have training in the ability then it's technically a 26 but then you have to actually what are you talking about you don't roll a D20 <laughs> and then wait no, being, no 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 funny honey uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh that's what that is oh okay. shit it's, it's called a joke why am I with that? oh fuck <laughs> I hope that train has a doctor because I got that bird <laughs> oh my god alright so, so, but, but uh, in in in, in oh. Dave's defense, well, you know, my my first my initial react my initial uh, draft of that email was, first of all, how dare you, <laughs> comma dickwad, <laughs> uh, and then I deleted that and wrote something more, uh, mm-hmm. more, more, yeah, more absolutely. Uh, so, so that is so so that is the last question. So, I'd like to open up to the table uh, something that would be. Uh, That'll be a nice amalgam of all of these things that we've talked about. If you could choose two enemies, two villains from any media, any media whatsoever, movies, film, or role-playing games that would fall in love and then try (laughs) to fight something in a system, in a role-playing game, what what would it be? And we'll give you a solid minute because we'll edit this part out. But any... Any... So we need two villains and then the role-playing system that they would be characters in? They would they would bond they together because they'd fall in love and they'd fight something in a role-playing game. Lord Zed and Rita from Power Rangers <laughs> falling in love and using Hex in order to take over the Hollow Earth because they're after mystical petty in order to create putty children, which is what they really actually want. I'm done. 
Wow! He didn't need to think about yeah, that because listeners. he's been writing this fan fiction for a while now. now we haven't edited any of the time out yet. Yeah, he just yeah. came up with that. That's why I married him. And now he's <laughs> masturbating furiously in the corner while looking at a picture of the queen. Also, All right. why she married him. <laughs> also, I would say, so I'm going to say Evil Ash from Army of Darkness, the evil, evil Ash, and Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Fall in love and join forces in Warhammer 40K. To create, uh, to to fight against the chaos, or no, to fight against the empire and steal their technology to create armor that will encapsulate their chins. Hmm. Hmm. Their chins. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I thought they get a bigger love. <laughs> Fuck you. It's been two hours. It has yeah, been two hours. Two villains? No? Ah, I got it. Nope. Uh, the Thing from The Thing Ooh. and the Ink Monster from the Billyverse <laughs> are combining together. One is the emotional part, the Billyverse monster, the Ink Monster. One is the part of the body, is the Thing, combining together in Machine Zeit mm-hmm. to form one of the most horrible and horrifying body horror games in existence. On a spaceship. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There it is. Yeah, you can't stand up from this table (laughs) without having described that. I know you. I know you. All right. Well, I mean, unless you guys, you guys, absolutely. I've got, I've got, I've got the situation, and I've got one of the villains. I'm trying, okay, well, I'm okay. trying to figure out. Guide us through this. Okay, okay. Guide (laughs) us through this. So, Cruella Deville. Okay. And the 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 SCP house with all the puppies. Oh, no, no. I think you all know where this is going. I just need to know who she teams up with. Uh oh, shucks. Um, I a I, man from uh, Bambi. Oh, because oh. because Cruella had henchmen. True, true. Cruella, she doesn't get her hands dirty herself. She's the, a businesswoman. I feel like an alteration of the Pied Piper, like Cruella Deville oh. and the Pied Piper, Ooh. and he just plays the music, and the dogs follow him right Ooh. into the machine that makes the coats. Exactly into the machine that makes the coats. See, I have two villains, and I don't know what scenario it would be, uh-huh. but I would love to okay, see these good. two villains. Well, well, lay it on uh, Demona from mm-hmm. Gargoyles okay. mm-hmm. with Ilsa from Hex. Oh. So two women that are after, always after like mystical power things. Mm-hmm. I think they're going into Hex, and they're trying to get the Spear of Destiny. I feel like Hex is a cop-out, though, since one of them from is Hex. from Hex. Hex. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I feel like they're the one that's going to steal the apple from Dan's Changeling game. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, no, Which explains yeah. what happened with the rules. They just fucked it all straight <laughs> up from different universes. No wonder. Nice. Nice. One of them has magic. So, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. There we go. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to this Geeky Topics Roundtable discussion here at Fanable.com Actual Play Podcast. I am your moderator, Dave. I'm Billy. This is Angela. This is Dan. This is Jesus. You can follow me at Distractionista, uh, fan of, or Distractionista on Twitter. And you can follow Billy at The Mindful Fool on Twitter. I am at Angela Craft. Ustedes me pueden seguir en Twitter con 
at Katsushiro. You can find me on Twitter at Havondis. Hey, uh, or Twitter. I'm sorry. I keep mixing those two up. Mm. Yeah, that's the other service. That <laughs> right? Uncomfortable. Yeah. It's where you jerk off to pictures of bites. <laughs> tweet, tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, please remember the questions we uh, I asked you to leave in the comments hashtag below. Hashtag Team Nerd. That's right. Hashtag, hashtag team, team Nerd. Tell me why you're proud to be part of Hashtag Team Nerd. Thank you very much. And good bye. And I said, hey, yeah, 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 hey, yeah, yeah. I said, hey, what's going on? Let's watch that video. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>